0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: All right, let's get back to some boring subjects.
2: Understand the risk to our country.
1: Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com.
0: Welcome to We Are Libertarians on the Chris Spangle Show. Thanks so much for joining us. We are so excited you're here today. We're going to be talking a little bit about AR-15s. I don't understand guns. Our guest, Jordan Laycock, friend of the show, longtime listener, and sponsor of this episode does understand and has a cool product that we're going to talk about. And uh, Harry Price will also be here to explain to us layman's how it goes. So thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
2: Warning. This show is for adults, produced by semi-adults,
0: so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Ah, I don't know what I said, Uh ah! Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. Thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you are here. We are live from the Doolittle Studios, and we are streaming this on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and uh, Twitter and all the places. We actually have internet here at the Doolittle Studios, uh, the We Are Libertarian Studios, low-key wall recorded in here last night fun little clubhouse that we have built that uh, my wife walked in and went oh my god i need to clean this place and organize this is terrible next time let me do it which is why you know that it looks good so uh harry harry price is here harry how are you Going
1: good doing good
0: we have a lot of work to do uh the camera angles are not good on this uh mm-hmm. it's sort of you know it's been it's taken us three or four months to kind of get settled in the mm-hmm. audio still is Mostly okay we're working on that a little bit uh, you know we've got our decorations set up but yeah. our LED lights don't look great our camera angles don't look great our decorations don't look great but we'll settle in
1: Yeah yeah, we got to settle in. there's a lot of things to keep doing. We continue uh, continue scene improvement. I want to call it CSI. Yes. Yeah. We continue improving the scene. But we did a great test run to make sure all this stuff is, was working last night. So it just works. Everything plums and works. And the one thing we did find out from the internet service is because the guy who did the installation, I found out for the depiction that came after I filed a ticket. Yeah. He's apparently notorious for just setting things up and never activating like the lines.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> you put this in like a month ago, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, so yeah. He's just notorious for not activating. Yeah. So like well, the other people that came and that ran us a brand new line didn't know it just wasn't activated
0: yeah so you know if you're a long-time listener then you're obviously familiar with the panel format here of we're libertarians on the chris spangle show there's also a separate wall feed if you want to just listen to these separately without uh, my interviews and other content uh, you can go check that out in any store now you know the game plan is this a couple times a month we're going to get together here and do we are libertarians and uh, then every other saturday we will be a monologue for me, or I'm working on a cool history show that'll be, you know, a couple hours on the history of the protoc- protocols of the Zions of Elder. Um, and it talks a lot on monarchy and liberalism and democracy and racism and conspiracy theories. So look for that uh, next week. And so every Saturday you'll have something in the feed. And then every Wednesday you'll get an interview um, on – you know a lot of these young voices interviews are on topics that are not covered not discussed too much in the news those are the ones that i tend to choose for my friends there and and then there'll be occasional other things added to the feed and more content but uh last year was the year of consistency that's what i promised we did 65 episodes harry which is the most that we've ever done in a year on the feed um eh, that that may not be true the that's year true. 2017 when we were doing two a week probably would have yeah. been the, much, yeah. the most but that didn't last, <laughs> um, but we're back, finally kind of have, I have my life together, I have my health together, I have my house together, my family together, uh, and so we're we're rolling. So that is, if you want to hear more, uh, there are two bonus episodes that I posted this week, one for all the patrons and then one for the $25 and $100 a month patrons. That was an hour look into... How I produce all my podcasts, how I produce this network, what my goals are, where I'm, where I'm going moving forward, and uh, for all the patrons kind of a little explanation of where we've been and, and what's going on with me personally. So go check that out. join our patreon at um, patreon.com/ we are libertarians. you can also grab it in the show notes. Uh, listen as long as the patreon is is growing and we are paying the bills, we will continue to do this show. If it's not, then we're going to close it down. But so I'm just warning you, you've got to go join. If you listen to this show, you like this show, pitch in five bucks. If we give you something of value, which I think that, that we do for sure, then please pitch in, uh, and become a patron. And we want to thank our $100 a month patrons, Jacques Idel. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, sorry. Um, I sorted the wrong thing. Um, Jordan, this is not what professionalism looks like. <laughs> yeah. Professionals are prepared. Uh, all right, Jason Doolittle, whose name bears this studio. Thanks for giving us the seed money to get this place going here in our new studios. Christy Avery, Reinhold, who is suffering through a central committee meeting today. The Duke of Juke, it's Vince Peichel, Matthew Durbin, Lars Nordskog, and Jocky Dell. Thank you all for being $100 a month members. You guys are the backbone of the We Are Libertarians podcast network and the Chris Spangle Show, and we thank you so much. Uh, another person, our guest today, uh, in full yep. disclosure, he is an ad, a new advertiser, uh, but he is going to bring something of value to us today and talk about a topic that I don't know much about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, guns, specifically AR-15s. We'll also talk about the new pistol grip. Don't let me forget that. Um, Jordan is a longtime listener who's listened to almost every episode of the podcast and uh, uh, we're a patron at one time. Uh, but you have a new child. Congratulations. Thank Even you. Though, you know, that gets a little tough.
2: Five-week-old little girl.
0: Yes, which is why he looked at me after about an hour and a half of being here and said, can we get this going? I've got to go home before my <laughs> wife kills me. Yeah. Um, I was late today because my wife was headed to Nashville, Tennessee when she realized she had the key for the other car, and that was 10 o'clock when I was supposed to be here. So I had to Uber here um, with my nice Albanian driver. Um, But Jordan, you've listened forever. Tell us a little bit about how you found us and and what you've learned.
2: Yeah, so I don't remember exactly when I started listening, but it was when I was just becoming a libertarian and just pulled up. The podcast app I was using, I think it was Google um, Music at the time, and just search Libertarians. And this was the one that popped up, so I was like, oh, I'll try it out. Uh, kind of like I would do with sitcoms and TV shows, I started at the beginning. So I went back to episode one, and there was already a, a couple years of episodes. So I went back to episode one and just started binging on it for months and months until I got caught up to present time, and then I've just stuck with it here over the past several years and shared it with quite a few other people
1: well
2: uh, i muted myself again
0: not professional not used to the studio i'm used to my board at home and uh being settled in so sorry um well that's that's great yeah we uh love longtime listeners you folks like you who have been around and understand you didn't show up early on on purpose
2: yeah though apparently i was still way too early i was told (laughs) to be here at 10 i got here at 10 5 Mm-hmm. And I was the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> Harry was late to his own house. I texted Chris. He asked if I was his Uber driver. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, did, yeah. I said, "Are you out front?" And he goes, "No, this is Jordan."
1: <laughs> well, because uh, low-key, well, well, we did a four hour plus podcast last night, so we got out of here, like we stopped recording at about midnight last night, so we got out of here after closing this down like like one.
0: In hindsight, so, I should have said 11. I should have told you and I. 10 I thought and you said ten
1: thirty for him and ten for him for <laughs> us. Oh, okay. That's what I heard. But well. I, yeah, it's fine. It's Again, fine. we're it's working fine. at the uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, We'll get a good CRM tool. It's our CRM tool. Sorry, we got to get a new one.
0: And uh, you know, we're we're gonna be doing these. I'll I'll ping. Uh, I think what I'll do is we have a new Facebook group. You can join the Facebook group. Uh, it's just search We Are Libertarians on Facebook. I'll let the Facebook group know the night before we go live um and uh maybe check the We Are libertarians twitter the night before and i'll tell you when we'll be live so if you want to join the live stream leave a comment you're always welcome to uh leave a comment this is a very visual episode that we're going to be discussing so you can go check out the youtube channel subscribe there and uh check this out we're also live in that group on facebook and on twitter like i said so please uh be interactive leave a comment send us emails chris at com. did you did you not do twitch Twitch is on there, yeah. Yeah. I just don't use Twitch and think about it ever.
1: Okay. All right.
0: That's fine. Uh, All right. So, Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Not only are you a great listener, you're a new advertiser with your company, Trigent. Um, What's your background, first of all?
2: Yeah. So, I spent 15 years in the Indiana Army National Guard, deployed to Afghanistan in 2012, uh spent most of my time as an engineer officer and then switched over to the, the infantry field. And so I finished my time as an infantry company commander. Uh, it was about that time that, or it was towards the end of my time that we came up with our invention. Now, I do it with my dad and my brother. They're much better at kind of tinkering with things, tooling with things, improving them. So I had this Kind of very complicated idea in my mind of what it was going to do, how it was going to look, how it was going to work. Took it to them, and they kind of – they liked the idea, but not much of it remains from my original idea, and they made it dramatically better. That's nice. But we started working on it So is it a family business? Yeah, yeah. It's just me, my dad, and my brother. Uh, We started it in my dad's garage. Now we have upgraded to a chicken coop. Uh it's <laughs> been refurbished. It's nice. But it's a chicken coop. So you hand make these? Yes. Uh we've handmade most of the parts. Some of them we've started to outsource so that we can, you know, produce more units and they're they're a higher quality when we're able to get them professionally made. But we we assemble all the parts. We designed it all ourselves. It's it's all just us. We're we're self-funded. We're the ones doing it all.
0: Okay, so Tell I'll turn it on the the stream here so people can kind of see. So look, I don't, uh, I don't know anything about guns. I fired guns one time,
2: but what what gun do you have to your right? So this is an AR fifteen. Okay, the scary uh, one. Yes, yeah, okay. the one you can see how black it is. Very bothersome. <laughs> okay, um,
0: you may pick it up and kind of show it to the camera a little bit more, just so people can
2: kind of yeah, get so, a. This is an AR-15. It's very similar to an M4. There are some minor differences. Which is what? What's an M4? That's the standard rifle that the military uses. Okay. Um, not just our military, but quite a few other militaries. Uh, there's some differences as far as the, the fire. So this is only semi-automatic. One squeeze of the trigger gets one bullet. Okay. Uh, whereas the, the military rifles, you can do that semi-automatic, or you can fire them on automatic mode. They've got a little bit different barrel, but it's the same general platform.
0: Okay, so... As I understand it, platform's a big deal. Explain platform when it comes to these guns.
2: Yeah, so the platform is kinda the base of it and where a lot of the different parts and accessories have are the same across. Mm-hmm. So you know you you can have different length barrels, you can have different length stocks, uh, you can do different grips and stuff along along the barrel but the the main guts of it are the same
0: it kind of almost looks like a pistol like that grip on the bottom but then it's got like a shoulder thingy and then it's got a long barrel like
2: yeah it's you sound like a Democratic Congressman it's got I, I, the sh- it's got the shoulder thing that goes up
0: I don't know anything <laughs> about this stuff I don't and I don't think a lot of our listeners do either I didn't grow up around yeah. guns I didn't serve in the military I was 4F on purpose cuz I was like make these flat feet flatter
1: He, he he's not hammering this up he's, he's, he's <laughs> this
0: is generally this is. my level of knowledge um so you're going to have to explain this stuff and I think it's helpful for me to be this dumb um Because we're not, yes, true. Because what what I want to do here is explain the gun to people like me who don't understand anything about it. But we see in the news how like this is a weapon of war, and and it sounds like it is. Like you do use a version of this, right? Like when you hear weapon of war, like what do you think?
2: So when I think weapon of war, I think of massive machine guns. (laughs) You know. Rocket launchers, things like that. When I think of a true weapon of war, not the basic rifle that a soldier carries. And you know, if you gave some soldiers the option, they would bring some of their own weapons from home. Like they're they're specifically barred from, well, when you come to the range or when you deploy, you have to leave your personal weapons at home. Okay, mm-hmm. And so to think of the M4, which is – Again has differences as far as being able to shoot fully automatic and things but otherwise it fires the same round it does the same general thing you know to consider that a main weapon of war that you should be concerned about that just doesn't match with the way war is conducted
1: yeah, yeah. so Go ahead, Eric. Especially if you look at the like, uh, Ukrainian war, they're not asking the United States to send them AR 15s. <laughs> they're like, yeah. can you send us ARs? No, they're asking for high bars and now Abrams tanks. And, right.
2: And they were even giving rifles out, giving machine guns out to their citizens.
0: The majority of it is uh, drones now. Drones are, are the major killer in, the, in that specific war. But yes, yeah, so, okay. So when you pull the trigger, it goes pop, 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 pop. So right? this one, one pop
2: per trigger pull. Okay, an M4 you can you can do that, or you can hold the trigger and it will send rounds until but your magazine runs you, can out. Can
0: you buy one of those? No. Okay.
2: Well, uh, with a special permit and every, lots of loopholes, but they're very hard to come by and very rare. Yeah.
0: So, what does this do differently than what Elmer Fudd would have <laughs> with a, with a, a basic rifle? Like yeah, when it, you think of rifle, I think of Elmer Fudd and like deer hunting. How is this any different?
2: it's not it's the accessories and the features are more customizable than you know what what he carried now he carried a, a double barrel shotgun mm-hmm. but it had a hard wooden stock this one you can you can extend the stock okay can, so for me someone that's got long arms someone that's tall you know i can shoot the same rifle as my wife who's 5'4 we can ex, we can bring the stock in it's easier for it to hold You've got the pistol grip on it. So, again, it's easier for you to to control the weapon, to do it, to fire it correctly, to make sure what you want to shoot at is what you're shooting at. Right. That's what most Mm -hmm. of the features on it do. Is the shooter comfortable? Can they shoot at what they want to shoot at? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Because you're shooting at what? Targets. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay, not other people. Yes.
1: correct yeah that's why you see like a like like home invasion stuff like that people are more accurate and put shots down right more accurately with a uh, ar-15 or a rifle platform than they are with a handgun usually most people are very inaccurate with handguns even at close range
0: okay so if somebody breaks into my house i should have an ar-15 versus a glock
1: a handgun. Well, it depends on what you're more, like, c- you would probably, if, if you had the choice, because how much you don't pick up guns, if you had the choice to pick up, like, my Glock or that AR, you'd be more accurate with that AR in the first few seconds than you would be with my Glock. Why? Um, my Glock's got a higher caliber, and there's not. And the only brace you have is your two limp wrists that you have, which... What <laughs> <laughs> have you, first of all. Funny, second of all, yeah. but I am an o- Odin apology. <laughs> second, when you've got the rifle, that one's got, like, that one's got optics on it, you can up. You can brush it up against your shoulders, so you can use your body and your force into it. Once you lean into it, it'll have to be more accurate with
2: it. Plus, and the a, is lessened. a handgun is only a few inches long.
0: Oh yeah. Right. Know,
2: yeah. This is thirty inches long almost. And what does
0: that what does that matter?
2: And so it gives well A a little movement on a handgun moves where the bullet's gonna go much further than a little movement on a rifle. Okay.
0: So so the the kickback, the firing, you know, if I go pop, 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 it's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go everywhere with my limp wrists, as he'd say. Uh, but I'll be more. You're more stable with a rifle. Right. Okay. So in reality, an AR is probably a better option
2: for home defense. Yeah, you have to be more careful about where the bullets are going. For any that you do miss, mm-hmm. you know, a wall doesn't stop bullets unless it's a okay. concrete wall or a brick wall. You know that that will, but just your standard. So accuracy is incredibly yeah. important, and you're mm-hmm.
0: going to be more accurate with a rifle.
1: Yeah. yeah, Okay. yeah.
0: Because I'm looking into buying a gun. We haven't talked about it yet um, because she and I have talked about it just by virtue of where we live and what we've had stolen already. Yeah. And
1: uh, you shotgun's also very good. So like a kid's like shotgun, it's really mm-hmm. nice. You can shoot them
0: one-handed. I can't have a kid's shotgun. You never, never let me live down the electric grill, <laughs> which, by the way, what got stolen was my big green egg. So I'm back to my freaking electric grill.
1: That um, is true. I would make fun of you for the. <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm I'm
0: devastated at but, the loss of
1: my my uh, manhood. Yeah, but the U shotgun's great. You can shoot it one handed while on the phone. You know, if you have to call like uh you know,
0: police, <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, no, I'll, I'll outsource that. If I'm holding a weapon, I'm not also uh, te- texting the group chat saying call nine one one. Okay, so when you say caliber, can you talk about the bullets? Like what goes into this stuff? Let me turn on the the camera here but explain bullets for dummies here.
2: Yeah, so these are a 556 caliber bullet. Uh, it's the NATO these are the NATO standard 556 by 45. That describes the bullet itself. So usually when well, people will use the word bullet in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. They'll say you'll call the whole thing a bullet. All right. Or technically what's technically accurate is the actual part that comes out cuz the brass piece is just the case. So right. once the trigger's fired, the gunpowder is in there. It's going to eject the case, and then the bullet is act the actual bullet at the end is what's traveling towards okay, so the target.
0: So that, that little copper top there is actually what travels to whatever you're shooting at, be it the deer or the uh, home invader. And then the brass is what fires away from the gun. And then Danny on uh, Blue Bloods finds and tracks you down so he can. F- I I, got you. Okay. So then, what is so the difference can be in the size of the case, in the size of the tip, what?
2: Yeah. All of it. So it can be the size of the bullet itself, it can be how much powder is in the case, the size of the case. And so the range of calibers and the the availability of calibers is immense. Mm -hmm. Some of them switch between metric and standard. So you've got 5.56 millimeter. But you also can have things in inches, so point three five seven inches, and so so you, it's like wrenches. There's
1: yes. metric, and then there's correct. Yes, yeah, right. Okay, much. gotcha. Just like my Glock, I can you know I have a nine millimeter, but I have got a forty caliber. Gotcha. Changes on me. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you know? Or the uh, uh, three eighty, which I like. I like my little little Ruger three eighty. Your tiny little gun. Yeah, it's your tini- small it's, little hands. It's tiny. It's fun. Um, what I like it, it's more impressive because then like you know if you pull it out someone will laugh and you shoot them you know with it you know it's, it's more fun you know and, and, and embarrassing because they think I'm going to pull out something big and I pull out a little 380 on them. You know? <laughs> Who? How often are you fire pulling out your weapon on somebody? Oh, constantly. Have you seen the east side of Indianapolis? Okay, okay but all that's right. A fair point. I have to go get my Jordans, fish and chicken. You know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go there.
0: G- Google that place right now. They're they're going full Rosalind's Rats in the bakery. Google. Jordan's fish and chicken, <laughs> Indianapolis, and and see what what Harry is eating. You enjoy rat tails and your <laughs> chicken floor chicken is what you like. You really cracked yourself up there, didn't you? I know. Okay, so so basically, what you've got here is your typical like. What's the difference, really, other than length, between like a Glock handgun and that gun? I mean, is it all just kind of the same thing? It's a thing that just shoots a bullet that like, because again, like I'm looking at it, it doesn't look that much different than what I fired when we were Jason Doolittle.
2: So when you've got like a Glock handgun, you know, that's, it's only got the the pistol grip plus a short barrel. It's going to carry a few rounds. It's got, you know, you can't brace it against yourself. So there's, there's quite a difference as far as firing a, a handgun versus a rifle. When it comes down to it, you squeeze a trigger and a bullet comes out.
0: So I'm 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 thinking like deadliness, like what on a scale of deadliness, like that little gun you're firing and an AR-15, like because the way the news portrays it is your handgun is way less dangerous. Still needs to be confiscated, but way less dangerous than an AR-15. Oh my god!
2: Caliber does play an impact on mm-hmm. on deadliness. Obviously, a bigger bullet is going to do more damage, but the bigger thing is is accuracy. So. You get shot in the foot with an air of 15 versus in the heart with a 380. Mm-hmm. Okay, the 380 did more damage. Yeah. So f- shot placement and number of rounds on target when you're talking about a self-defense situation makes a way bigger difference than caliber. Okay. yeah, caliber's yeah. important, but not as important as accuracy and shot placement. What exactly.
1: what makes the bullet go f- – Or it f- follow up on that. I was going to say, like, yeah, it's almost best where you hit someone versus like the – because any hole into someone, depending on where it's at, is going to be deadly. You know, it's. Yeah, I think we also all learned like two weeks ago. If you get tackled in the in the chest and you get someone hits you at the right moment at the right, right time, you know your heart can stop. You yeah. know, just a helmet.
0: There's not a good knife attack. I mean, if yeah. you talk to police officers. <laughs> yeah. If you attack somebody with a knife, you are not coming out of that unscathed yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah, and there's like the, a lot of like the um, I've done like some of like the help with the, like the police martial arts training to tra- train new cops to let them know how dangerous that ten feet gap is, yeah. and because uh, like they'll go through training like through the academy, blah 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 blah. But like you, they used to bring them into the MMA school, like okay, these guys have been just been fighting all day. This is what we do. Like all right, show these new cops how dangerous ten feet is. Right. You know when they're like okay, like you can just yeah you yeah know, so i can hit this cop yeah yeah go ahead and you just you know in that 10 feet you instantly just turn on danger and like right, you can't they can't pull their gun you know gotcha so, so 10 feet you know the most deadliest thing is a knife or a fist mm. you know but outside of 10 feet then your range weapon starts get uh, you know becoming the deadly weapon
0: so what determines length if i want to if i want to hit something 500 feet away or 20 feet away like is it the, the length of the rifle is it the amount of explosiveness and the powder what how, how it, yes okay
2: yeah, so it's the length of the barrel, the the amount of powder, the size of the bullet. You know, a very very lightweight bullet just can't get enough energy energy to travel very far. Okay, and so all of those things, and there's a a whole immense science behind ballistics, and and you know people will do their own personal reloads if they're you know a, a high level shooter or wanting to, to really narrow things in at, at longer ranges. They will load their own bullets as far as putting the powder in and use special powders. There's a whole science to it that's far beyond what I myself worry about or most shooters yeah. would consider.
1: Yeah, and targeting because like uh, when you go into like socially long distance shooting, you instantly find out the earth is not flat. Okay. You have to understand that these you know the Earth's got some curve and gravity to it. It's mm. really neat.
0: Yeah. Um okay so When you guys watch the news, knowing your hat from a hole in the ground, uh, I I mean, what do you think of the general conversation that you kind of see around AR-15s? Well,
2: I know for some of the shootings, they don't even know exactly what they're describing as far as what the shooter used. Mm -hmm. So they'll misidentify the caliber. Mm -hmm. So a 5.56 is very comparable to a, a .223. There are some differences as far as the pressure they generate and so that just cause a weapon can take five can take two two three it may not take five five six. But so I've seen before where they will just take the first two digits of that and they'll say, oh they it was a a twenty two a, a twenty two caliber rifle. And so there's a big difference between a, a twenty two caliber rifle and a two two three caliber rifle. Why? the amount of powder the size of the bullet there's it's a dramatic difference in in far as capabilities concerned because
0: i being an avid tv watcher um squish walked in yesterday and goes
2: dad are you watching red
0: bloods again it's, i just watch blue bloods all the time i've officially turned into a boomer yeah we know they have nine millimeters and 22s and that is what kills everybody is a nine millimeter or twenty two in uh, in those television shows? So like, I don't know. So th- when you're saying when I see those in the new news or television, like that's kind of a misnomer. Yeah.
2: And a nine millimeter is a good round. It's a common round. <laughs> There's been a lot of advancements as far as its lethality and its accuracy. The twenty two, kind of like what we were going back to earlier, you really got to hit somebody in the right spot to do the any sort of damage that you want to with a. A twenty-two uh, staple gun. If you use your twenty-two caliber handgun like a staple gun on someone, they're probably going to
1: go down. Okay, but not. What? What? Use it like a staple gun. Like it'd be like if I wanted to staple gun a uh, ribbon on his chest, it would take him down. But if I sat back and try to do like this, you know, it's not going to do much.
0: But you're saying if I were sitting that here thing. and shooting there, a twenty-two isn't going to hurt you?
1: Yeah, uh, it still will. Oh, that hurt. That hurt really bad. But it it's not going to stop somebody who's. An yeah, and, and, you're and most people. And most people, like unless you like nick uh, organ to take an organ down, most most people die from gunshots from blood loss. Right. That's why, like, um, like so, if you're really concerned, like, a, like active shooter stuff like that, the, instead of carrying, a, if you don't feel comfortable carrying a gun on you, the, one of the best things to carry on you is just first aid kit, mm-hmm. a quick clot, you know, because most people die from uh, just bleeding out. So, like, the idea. So every time, like, I get upset when I watch those shootings with like how long it take police to. Put the put the shooter down and take over the scene. Yeah. So when
0: somebody's out in Uvalde for four hours, he gets to just do it. You're, you would have had half the death toll.
1: Correct. Yeah. If someone who just got in and stopped the bleeding, right. that's like when like um, the Greenwood Park wall, like it went down so quickly, and that you know as soon as cops be able got in, you can bring EMS in and start like uh uh triaging like bullet wounds. Right. Yeah, so that's why like um, uh, my kit in the car, I've got quick clot in there. Mm-hmm. Get shot, put some quick clot on there. You know, helps stop the bleeding. Really gotcha. good stuff.
0: Okay, so tell us about what you've invented. Uh, I'll put it up here on the full screen so
2: people can kind of see it. It
0: looks like a can crusher in an ammo box.
2: Yeah, and that is where the idea came from okay so like i said i had this box in my mind that had a crank on the side that was moving a plunger down and up the only thing that stayed was something holds the magazine and the plunger moves all right that's the only thing from my original idea that stayed
0: the bullets go into the magazine which is the scariest part on the on the gun yes i understand (laughs) so that You know, if you're only pulling the trigger and getting one bullet, why do you need so many bullets? Why can't we take this from – what's the top end a a magazine can hold? Uh, Yes. A
2: hundred is kind of the biggest that I've seen.
0: Well, you know, I think I've seen floated, well, let's just limit this to seven or ten or whatever, right? Uh, Why do you need a hundred bullets in a gun? I
2: think it's more – more of a want. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> Sometimes, but, or you do, also don't know how many attackers you yeah, have. So, let's like, mm-hmm. say you're a black person and a bunch of tiki people show up at your house, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you only got seven rounds, like, well, there's 20 tiki torches out in front right. of your house, you know? And a round is
0: the amount of bullets in the gun. Yes. Okay. And 30 rounds is. Or uh, available to the gun because, yeah. as Correct. as I understand it, there, there may not be a bullet in the chamber, but the, yeah. it could be
2: kind of. So, explain that. 30 part. rounds fits in this. And that's the standard magazine for an AR 15 or an m4 Mm -hmm. uh or even an ak-47 those are usually a 30 round magazine 30 rounds is about the standard for uh Mm -hmm. some sort of sporting rifle like this gotcha Mm -hmm. but so our invention right now works with what's called stripper clip ammunition so a stripper clip is just this thin little piece of metal that you can slide 10 rounds on looks Uh, like
0: a state like a staple of staples you put in a staple you can actually
2: call that a clip spangle that's a clip. (laughs) this is a clip all right. I'm so when, explaining when, it to the listeners. When people who are call this a video. clip, that's not a clip. That's a magazine. Okay. That's a clip. Gotcha. And so for the military, some government law enforcement agencies, the way they buy their ammunition is like this, on stripper clips. Okay. It's easy to carry around in the field. It's easy to carry around general. You don't you don't have the the boxes, the plastic, all the the packaging that comes with you know, loose ammunition. They're all facing the same direction, so that's easier. If I just had ten loose ammo, ten loose pieces of ammo on the table and picked them all up, well, that's not very useful compared to just grabbing this.
0: Okay. So, do you, did you put those in there? Or did you
2: buy those like that? Both. You okay. can buy them that way, or you can load them onto the clips that way. Because
0: I know people save the brass, the brass piece, and what do they do with that?
2: Reload it. Okay. Yeah, and then you can also you – So you, can buy, reuse. you
0: buy the bullets and the brass separate, and then you have to load your
2: own ammunition? Some people – you can buy – I mean, you can buy the bullets just like this, okay. or you can keep the brass and reload them yourself or sell them to somebody else that does. And then the stripper clips are also reusable. Uh, they've got these little tabs on the end, but you can use them even once those fall off and use them as many times as you want. Okay,
0: so then in the magazine, it's like a Pez dispenser that is pushing the next bullet up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. so our invention – And so what you have to do is you have to, by hand, push that stripper clip into the magazine, which I imagine is kind of difficult. So
2: the way the military most typically loads is they'll take this small Mm spoon-type loader, slide it on the back, slide a stripper clip in, and then either press it down with their hand and fingers or put it on the edge of a table and jam it in. Okay. The thing is, these aren't very good. And so what often happens is you'll see soldiers take these off one by one and then load them in one by Mm. one. Or when I was doing a demonstration video, I didn't even end up using the video because it looked too much like a as-seen-on-TV where someone, oh, I don't know how this works, but the first time I tried to take a video to compare a product, I put it on the edge of a table, jammed the rounds in, well, the stripper clip went through – the spoon loader in halfway into the magazine, which happens a lot on the range when you use stripper clips and one of these style uh, spoon speed loaders. So I had to put it down and take it off and pull the stripper clip back out. And it was super frustrating.
0: But probably something, somebody who uses this stuff it
2: happens all the time. Oh, all the time. Right. Yeah. And so what we did is we eliminated all that issue. So we've got a holder for the stripper clipped ammunition. It slides in. We've got a magazine holder. It's designed off the lower receiver, the magazine well, of Mm -hmm. an AR-15. My brother just measured it out. 3D printed some parts, we got it to work, and then eventually got them extruded and and made off site.
0: All right, so you may move the the weapon of war onto the floor. Uh, Please be careful not to discharge it into
2: uh, any children that might be unloaded.
0: And then maybe tilt this towards the camera so people can kind of see how it works.
2: Yeah, so like I said, you've got the holder for the shipper clipped ammunition, you've got the holder for the magazine. If I pull it up, you can see there's a magazine release right here, so I can pull the magazine back out, slide it back in, it snaps into place, so it's not going to go anywhere while you're loading. Nice. And then loading is just as simple as pulling the handle. And now you got all that in yep. there. Yep. Yeah. You take the clip out, and it's got... Here, I'll pull this out. This comes out. It's got a slot in here so that when you've got it in the can, you can just drop your stripper clip straight down in there. Mm. That way you don't have to worry about losing them, especially for the military. They have to be accountable to all of them. Really? It gets weighed at the end. Huh. Hey, you're, you're short on some of your dunnage is what it's called. Yeah. And so that helps them make sure they're able to take it. And then you've got all your space underneath too. So I've got more mags in there. I've got stripper clips. I've got more ammo. You're able to store everything underneath. Oh.
0: So Anita Farver in the comments said that is badass. So what's the name of the product and where can they get it?
2: It's called the Mech Loader. It's our 556 variant. We've got more variants coming. We're just trying to get get the time and the resources to be able to build them out. Uh, you can find us at www.trigent.com. All right. And then we've got a Facebook page as well. So it's very helpful if people go like our page, share the product, Sign up for our emails once they go to our web page. It really helps us share it out to other people and really get to see what we've got.
0: And it helps us because we're trying to convince you to do more advertising. So uh, I'd be happy to. If you're (laughs) you're listening, they need you to buy products so they can spend money with more advertising so they can sell more product. And so you're supporting us, you're supporting them. We'd really appreciate it if you go and uh, support TriGent. If this is your thing, obviously it's not for everybody. It's for, um, you know... Police officers, peop- hobbyists, uh, Who who is this product for? Yeah,
2: so the biggest person it's for, or group that it's for, is the military. You know, They're the ones that buy the most ammunition and the most ammunition on stripper clips. But then even outside of that, you've got law enforcement as well, shooters. So for hobbyist shooters or someone new to shooting, this can be super helpful too because – Loading a magazine sucks. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, it's, it's not fun, oh, yeah. um, especially if someone has any sort of physical deformity. Maybe they've got like weakness or arthritis. Right. You know, they're going to have a really hard time loading magazines. Here, anybody can do it. And so, even, this, even me. Yeah, and you can yeah. do it without getting tired too. So, when you're shooting, fatigue plays a factor in yeah. your, your accuracy, your enjoyment of it. And so, with this, there's no there's no hardly any physical energy that I had to exert to do that
1: yeah, uh, when we took Spangle to the range, just one thing I didn't make him do was load mags because they would I'd, they would eat a range yeah joint, <laughs> 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 oh,
0: oh. Uh, it's a miracle it got my wife pregnant <laughs> I'm just saying so uh all right i know you've uh you've got a newborn and uh your wife is very patient uh you know it took two hours for us to do this 30 minutes uh you're an angel i really appreciate it um so uh you know T on here stripper clips aren't that popular outside of the military do you have an attachment a is that true and then b do you have an attachment for loose bullets
2: yeah so they're not as common outside the military uh they're more a little bit more common in the the high volume shooters or the prepper mm-hmm. community. All right. But then like I said you one of the, that actually ends up being a help if you can't find ammo. A lot of times you can still find stripper clip ammo and it's the same price. Okay. You can buy it for the the same amount. Um I've found it in several places and that's how I started buying mine. Obviously once I invented this, it's like, well I got the great speed loader for it. I'll buy it on stripper clips. But then we've got prototyped an attachment that will accept loose ammunition. So we're we're trying to get that built. We are testing out some different materials before we're able to get that into production, but that's that's coming very soon. And then one of the things I didn't mention too is the base on it's magnetic. So if you don't want to buy the can, if you don't want to have to worry about taking that around, the base on it's magnetic, so you can put it on the bed of your truck. Uh, if you've got some sort of yeah, if you're in the military, you've got more of a vehicle, you can put it on the doors, you can put it on the hood. Any sort of iron-based metallic surface, it'll stick to, and then you can use it that way as well. So if
0: you know anybody in the military that's uh, your listener, this is not for you, but then if you know somebody like our friend uh, who is in the military, we could buy one of these for him, Uh, and I'm sure that they would appreciate it. Because correct me if I'm wrong, like police officers, members of the military buy a lot of their own stuff too. Yeah,
2: especially if there's something that makes their job easier (laughs) that the government's not going to buy for them, they can do that. now. This is easy purchase for someone that is in the military. It's an easy purchase for them. Right. You know, we've got it priced a certain way that it doesn't require higher levels of approval. Mm-hmm. Their unit card, they can just purchase it and be done.
1: Yeah. Do you get the breakdown of like how many hours this thing saves for like a, for a military branch?
2: Yeah. So for like a regular company that's going to go through and do qualification on a weekend, mm-hmm. they would have six people show up early to start loading magazines, and then they would be on the duty all day long. And what tends to happen is they don't know how many they're going to need, and it takes so long to load them, they'll load too many and open up too much. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of unloading those and turning it back in, it'll just get shot and and wasted on the range. Yeah. And so what this does is you can have two people that can load on demand. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I was still in the guard. I was a company commander when we were developing it. And so I'd bring my prototypes in and I had two people on ammo duty. They were being super casual. One was just kind of lazily handing magazines to the other one who was loading it up, loading them up I had a two person ammo detail for my whole company. Oh, wow. And so it's a huge change. And now instead of having six people pulled off training, now you've got to make sure they get fed. You've got to rotate them in. You've Mm -hmm. got to figure out who's backfilling them. You've got two. It's much easier to to handle, and you can take those other four people and focus mm-hmm. them on training and what they're supposed to be doing, rather than loading magazines and wasting time. You
0: ought to. I'm. I i do not know if I would send him this episode, but Jim Banks, the congressman, man, he's he's active duty in the guard. He might. You should get a meeting with him because maybe you could get this sold to the to the U.S. government or the Indiana National Guard if he becomes senator. All right, mm-hmm. Harry. What question should I ask him that I'm t- too stupid to to ask him that I because I'm I'm ignorant. <laughs> Is there anything, or do we cover it all? We got everything.
2: Yeah,
1: okay. that's about it, Yeah.
2: Yeah. And for the person that said that Sherpa clips aren't that common, still go sign up. You know, like our Facebook page. Sign up for our emails. So as the loose adapter comes out, mm-hmm. um, as we start to develop the AK forty seven model, which will take the same base. There's only two parts that need to swap out for us to do a new caliber, a new weapons platform. So stay up to date on our prog- products because one may come out that that works for you and, and fits. What weapons he has, or or what kind of ammo he buys? Yeah,
1: because yeah, because as you go to different, especially with loose animals, you start with the AK forty seven, and everybody everybody else starts getting their scar out. It's gonna be great, especially that new pistol scar. Have you seen that one from FN? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well, uh, the pistol grip thing. What's the what's the pistol grip, and what happened? What what did the ATF do to make everybody a criminal? <laughs> Explain this to me because I don't know.
1: <sighs> All right, so what, the pistol grip? Not pistol grip. It's a pistol brace i don't have one of these it, it looked
0: it, it, like kind of let me put the maybe hold the gun up and because it kind of looked like the back it looked like an attachment you put on the back of your gun the
1: photos they show for that like just that, stabilized it, 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 on your on your which it's shoulder gonna be, which right? is going to be the worst because like the photos they use is like a basic everything with just a telescoping uh, uh, buttstock on it because like the way they let make sure it's a black photo the the the, the, the angle that they took a the photo. So everyone would think it's that. Even my wife was like, oh, do we have one of these? It's like, no, 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 no. This thing is something different. This thing was designed for someone who, like you, have a, like a weak risk or have an issue shooting. Or like, a, like a, uh, end.
0: I, 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 You know what? F you, because if you'll remember, sir, and I have the paper somewhere that I can prove this, my accuracy was amazing, and I hit the bullseye most of the time. And for a first-time shooter, everybody, including you,
2: is very impressed. Mm-hmm. I have very thick wrists, especially this one, okay? Well, and there are certain barrel lengths at, and sizes at which it becomes a pistol instead of a rifle. Mm-hmm. And so if it's the barrel is a certain length, you're not allowed to have because of – I don't know if it's ATF regulation or Congress, who the bad guy is in this one. But you're not allowed to have a tel- telescoping stock or – a hard stock, if the barrel is too short. That was Congress.
1: So, what, what?
0: What's the point of that? Because it sounds like
2: the
1: back end is the comfort. Oh man, we're going to be here for a while. So the national, when it was, yeah, the national firearms Act, that was really signed. It was supposed to stop like, uh, these bad gangster people with their rifles and their short barrel rifles and cutting things off. So the evil people with their sawed off shotguns shotguns and making their, their rifles really short. So this is actually like a severely old, tiny law that just kind of just brought up from now.
2: Okay. Yeah. And so anytime there's a regulation, people eventually find a way around it. So you had short barrel AR pistols. Mm -hmm. Well, they were, they're hard to stabilize, they're harder to shoot, and so they developed a brace that wasn't technically a stock. So it met the regulation, mm-hmm. it met all the requirements. People were able to have the short-barreled pistol but stable still able to shoot it supported and well mm-hmm. accurately. And then they decided, no, we're not we're not going to let that happen. So anymore. is the I goal just-
0: is the goal basically to make the unwieldy pistol less
1: used because it's less accurate. No, I honestly, feels like just just it's a much ado about nothing. To seem like they're doing something, okay. you know, and just because all the things the ATF could be doing, like like trying to figure out where all the guns went for *Fast and Furious*, they're doing this instead. And so the brace would just go around like someone's arm. So it even work great for. So like so I said, if someone like if you had some uh, issues with your hand, so like it's like it helps make the gun almost ADA compliant, so anyone can actually use something like this. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's ADA compliant issue. I can't wait till the ATF gets sued on ADA compliancy, but the. What does I want to say? Like, uh, and, and and the ATF on occasions on several years have been shown this attachment and ruled like, yes, this thing is fine. We see no issue with this, and it was constantly kept going. Like, hey, are we fine with using this type of brace? And the ATF kept ruling, yes, you're fine. And it, it, there's millions of these out there now because they kept saying it's fine. And now that you've given someone like 120 days from last Friday to destroy remove this thing or destroy the gun or register and, and file for a tax stamp. So, a def- so, A tax what? Uh, a tax stamp on it. So, okay. So, and then, or you have to register it with, and register with the HTS. So, de facto, just trying to register everybody's AR-15. Mm. So, even if it gets lodged into court, this thing gets ruled unconstitutional or they just remove the rule, they still have the registry. They still have the database. They still have everyone's paperwork that they turned in because most people don't want to leave these stinking pirates alone. So, they're willing to just sit there and register it. Or, just like re- remove it, so
0: you don't have to. When if you wanted to buy an AR fifteen, you don't register it with anybody. You no. just buy
2: one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. A background check is run if you buy it from a federal fire, federally licensed mm-hmm. dealer. Um, What's
0: the difference between a background check and registering a gun with the government?
1: The background check just makes sure that you are not a prohibited possessor, that you're allowed to have a weapon so you don't have a felony in your past, you're not um, uh, or uh, like a psychological issues or going through different treatment like that.
0: So then the, it's up to the local seller to decide whether to sell you that gun or can, are they prohibited based on state law or those federal are, regulations? Those
1: are state laws people reporting to a list. Also, the seller of a weapon can also go like, hey, you know what? You may have passed this background check but you look shady or you have bought like 50 of these AR-15s in his last month. I'm not selling so you. T-
0: tell me if I'm wrong, but that seems to be the solution here because the federal government can't get their database correct. Oh, no. And, they, right. and the law enforcement keeps watching these guys, and they still keep buying the guns. But why are these gun shops selling it to people who clearly are like 18 and look mentally disturbed? Is that the answer? Is it just... A movement amongst gun store owners to, like, be more ethical and not be, like, Don's guns. A lot
1: of them are ethical. A lot of them do refuse to sell
2: people okay. guns. They don't, they don't feel like they're on the up and up. And, like, the Sandy Hook shooting, the shooter murdered his mother and then stole the weapon that she had. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's another avenue as well for those, even if they can't go buy them legally, well they can they can get them illegally through theft. And yeah.
0: I wondered why the um, live stream, why our numbers tanked, and apparently the live stream
1: on YouTube just got taken down. Because you had Man, a that was fast. Because you had a weapon on it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's see what strikes we got here. Yeah, yeah. You just got us banned on YouTube. Great. Great! Oh
2: ah. you mean take the weapon <laughs> off the? No, no, no! It's too late now.
0: But the live stream is is gone. But that'd be act, active community guideline strike too. So let me see if I can delete this real quick. No, it's not even there. It's totally gone.
1: No, oh, just got tanked straight on life. Oh, I wonder if mine got tanked. Oh, did you treat yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, so and this why is, is why want- we should
2: have been streaming live to Rumble on Rumble Software. Anyways. But there are tons of people with guns and gun videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um you have
1: to like a uh a uh, lot of them have to – uh they actually have someone on YouTube that they talk to and it's used like, okay, so this is probably just an automated system. Like we noticed a gun on stream or someone, uh, okay. or someone reported so we're it. We're just making sure that somebody's not being dangerous. Correct, yeah. So it's more of a – unless you have a history of doing it, uh, it's going to – we're just going to insta-ban you first, insta-stop you, <laughs> unless you have a history with it because YouTube and Susan Wojcicki does what she – freaking wants with that platform it's a terrible platform and but it's where everybody's are. It's where I sorry no one will leave it just like Facebook and Twitter no so if, it yeah, isn't
0: yeah. a strike yes there may be an issue with your content we found something that may violate guidelines mm-hmm. we'll ask you to take a look at the policy uh 3933 someone holding handling or transporting a firearm
1: um and not on a range not a single on that it's probably what it is because we're not on a, yeah
0: should I appeal or not appeal
1: how how long is the band for? We didn't
0: get banned, it just took it down.
1: Oh. Yeah, just don't do it. You're just leave it alone. All right. Like, unless, unless you want to do more guns, let's go to the rain stream. You
0: know? uh, but we're not doing anything wrong.
1: I've got because uh, we, weren't,
0: we weren't having any kind of violent discussion in any way. We were so explaining to people how this works.
1: It's a called Big Tech, and most people who program these things for everything that everyone loves using, it's developed in an area that hates guns, and it's all sitting on the coastal cities. So people use these things. There's a reason why people go on Rumble and other places like that because uh, of stuff like this. Because to someone in California, all guns guns are scary, that no one right. should have them unless they're a police officer, but we need to defund the police. So that, you know, so they just, yeah, insta-ban. I don't like it. I don't like it. Get rid of that. It, and then you're jailed yeah, in
0: that queue. The fact that you can't even have an educational discussion
1: no. is insane to me. No, and that's the, that's, that's the reason why, like, discords about it, when you're trying to talk to someone about guns, the guns are scary, or even having, like, an issue of just showing people how to get guns or make guns safe. safe. Everybody is trying... Every like like the pistol bracing makes the gun safer, yet it, it is banned. There's a lot of things you can do onto guns to make things safer, but they have arbitrary rules to make them unsafe. So Tom says
0: YouTube changed their rules so that now creators cannot show any type of modification to a firearm, which includes things like loading a magazine into a firearm, mounting an optic or light muzzled a muzzle device, a silencer, hand stop stocks. You can result in the loss of your YouTube account. Therefore, unedited videos with prohibited content like 60-round drum mags. Modifications like loading guns will be posted to Twitter and Rumble. And that is from the Military Arms channel. Uh, yes, yeah, It's just crazy. All right. Yep. See? Well, let's let's wrap up with Jordan so he can go home and not get in trouble. Uh, shameless <laughs> self-promotion time. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so you can find us Facebook.com slash Trigent. You can find us at Trigent.com or... YouTube slash at Trigent. Um, we're on all three spaces. Again, sign up for our emails, like our page. Even if you don't buy, share it with other people who who might be interested. And in, you know, maybe we'll have a future variant that that speaks to you.
0: All right, thanks so much for uh, coming out, Jordan. We're going to take a quick break, say goodbye to him, and then we'll be right back after these words. All right so annoyed about this youtube stream um you try to educate people try to be responsible with your content and you get three guidelines uh, you get banned for that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're you look so dark it's not you it's the camera
1: yeah it's the camera uh the, camera the is, auto white balance is on too it's just jacked it, jacked it up and the autofocus is on
0: and my mac camera looks way better uh, just saying it's the truth Wow all right, so I have not followed it. Wow. uh I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me about a couple people beefing behind the scenes. I won't say which figures, but the uh the anti vax crowd seems to be at at each other's throats uh and and you know let me just start here. <laughs> Everybody you don't like isn't a grifter, okay, Nick. Nick, Nick Fuentes is a grifter because yes. Nick Fuentes says yes. things that he doesn't actually believe. Mm-hmm. He just thinks he can make money by catering to a niche crowd of racists. Yes. All right. Uh,
1: and I'm going to turn off his, but thanks for just plugging things in and out. Like it's okay. I know. That's yeah, I I'll, I'll edit that out of the audio. But
0: uh, <clears throat> everybody you don't like isn't a grifter. Steven Crowder, Ben Shapiro. These people offer a product Mm -hmm. and they offer content and they put work and effort into their content, Mm -hmm. just like we do here. And even though I disagree with them on a lot of stuff, it doesn't make them a grifter. AOC is not a grifter. Uh, Rachel Maddow is not a grifter, right? Like, I I, I guess anybody who tries to build Tim Pool is not a grifter. like I think Naomi Wolf genuinely believes the nonsense that she says. Like the, like no Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald. Like these people are not grifters just because they disagree with you. Ex- uh, What's your definition of a
1: grifter when you're looking at independent media? Uh, grifter to me is someone who just changes their opinion on just the wind They have no hardcore principles, they you know they will just switch depending on, like, who's popular opinion and who's just blowing the most smoke up their skirt. Now, I do believe that some people can start off as grifters and then actually believe what they're saying because, personally honest, I think, I thought Candace, I still think Candace is a grifter that moved to the right, found very good... Uh, got popular and loved it and then her opinions have just changed over time i put dave rubin
0: in that category i think dave rubin offers almost nothing of substance Mm -hmm. himself and then he has guests on who offer things of substance Mm -hmm. and he has on a certain position of people to make himself look a certain way it's like Mm -hmm. the famous um cartoon the freedom tunes Every oh, yeah. Dave Rubin interview yeah. ever. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 You, Those yeah. of us in the intellectual dark web. Mm-hmm. like, you're, Dude, like, nobody puts you in the dark web. <laughs> you just had on the people in the intellectual dark web. Yeah. Like, But I don't know what that guy actually believes.
1: No. I, I think, like, uh, and that's the thing. I think Dave Rubin is just more of a, like, just a Democrat from the 90s. That's all he is now. It's just, And he doesn't really just have a home. So he's just trying to find some place for himself now. Right. Um, And he... You know, and that's that, just his product. His product's really neat. Uh, that's why, like, uh, so Dave Reuben also had that, that, like, I, I, everyone, like, I didn't like Candace Owens for like, because like from the old gg days, like her coming out from out of that GG what Game of Game, of Game, Gate? Game, okay. Game of stuff like that. And then like when Dave Reuben had Blair White and Candace Owens on, like, and I, like, okay, I'm warming up to Candace, you know, but I still think she's grifting, But she proceeded to take the first five minutes of this interview to. Just for some reason, thinking she's outing um, trans person Blair White. I was like, what, no one cares. Everyone, even Ben Shapiro, uses she/her pronouns for Blair it's White. Just, and you sat here for five minutes trying to say hey, you're a guy, you're a guy. I'm like, oh my god, stop that! People have, and I, I want to do an episode or or a, a write about it
0: or something. But the, um, what is the the term that that uh, I keep? I, it, the um, what? Goodness, what was the, the term? <laughs> I can't think of it. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't. Something know. in the ballpark with it. No, hold on. You you keep talking. I'll find it because I have a note. Of of what I want to write yeah. about,
1: but yeah, but it's grippers. Those people like you. You've probably talked to these people. Now, I'm not talking about like that casual like person that you try to transgressive, versus, which is left on the right, where they have no principles. It's like nailing Jello to the wall. Most people are like oh, that's mostly leftists. No, there's a lot of rightoids that have or they have no principles on their own. They're just you know anti the thing that the other side is for. You know? Yeah, it's you know like they have no hardcore principles. Like this whole gas stove thing. It's a lot of people's like, oh, come and take my gas stove. I'm like, do you really have a gas stove? Do you understand like why people want gas stoves? Do you understand why some of it's goofy?
0: Transgressive art is the art that aims to outrage or violate basic morals and sensibilities. And so what has developed on the right is the countercultural sense of going at the hegemonic lockstep. Like New York, uh, their version of the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. The head guy retired, so they are. So Kathy Hochul, the governor, is appointing a Hispanic with a long track record of being a solid liberal, Mm -hmm. um, but it still has some remnants of being a classical liberal. And the Democrats in the uh, state house who are on the extremes are beside themselves over this person because he had he had like three thousand cases or he has this long record, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he's not. Identitarian enough. He uh, made a ruling that even though his ruling was pro choice, wasn't pro choice enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, I mean, I don't, I don't have to explain. Like the uh, hockey player, right? The hockey player who just, who's Russian Orthodox, who is a Russian immigrant who plays mm-hmm. hockey, and the team decided to have a pride night, and he refused to wear the pride jersey. Right. He said, it's against my beliefs. He didn't say anything offensive. He didn't say he wanted anybody hurt or killed. He didn't say anything other than I don't morally agree. I would like to abstain with from this. Mm-hmm. And he's being crucified for abstaining, just not participating. And that's that's the, um, you know, what I think a lot of people who take on the, the, the transgressive types mm-hmm. on the right want to fight against, you know, I think there's – obviously bigotry wrapped up in in it. Um, But they're just, there's a nihilistic quality to both extremes and a lot of people online where it's just sort of like, I want to have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Then there are the people who are like, I legitimately hate the other side and I want to see them suffer. And then there's sort of the transgressive people who are kind of a blend of both. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm not making my point right, but because I haven't fleshed this out totally, but Within right-leaning media, it's more, and we've talked about this a million times, it's more uh, important to be like Candace Owens and be transgressive against the enemy that you have defined. These are their morals Mm -hmm. that I'm declaring, and I'm against them, so I'm going to just do whatever it takes to troll them. And that plays better than, like, Ben Shapiro will be a little trolly, and he's, a, he's not transgressive, though. Ben Shapiro is the type of person who has fleshed out his own personal beliefs, believes those things, mm-hmm. and then articulates his point of view. I don't always agree with it. Every time he says, you know, I'm a libertarian, but – and then says the most unlibertarian thing you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, like, I have respect for a person who isn't just trying to be transgressive. candace owens on the other hand i don't know what she actually believes she's just trying to get attention by being transgressive against what she perceives to be somebody else's morals and sentiments correct yeah and and that's like to me like she's candy and you know ben shapiro's fast food right at least there's some nutritional value uh to to what he's saying and steven crowder Mm-hmm. has kind of always seemed to me to be a little bit more on that transgressive side and like it took a long time for people around me to kind of go like just watch his stuff there is some he does have some points mm-hmm. i'm like yeah but it doesn't like that's not what i see because i don't consume his content regularly he always just kind of seemed to be i don't know if you watch
1: him or I, you yeah i consume stuff. yeah i consume crowder's content yes
0: yeah okay What what's he like tell me what I'm looking at here,
1: um, I, I I describe Crowder as more of a he. He runs more of a comedy show, and it brings and is a sprinkle of the politics on the outside. A lot of it is. Like someone like uh, I want to say like rightoed like like jokes all the time, and they're just trying to a lot of them just having fun at the left expense. They do bring a lot of good receipts on different things when they are breaking down content. I think they do a very good job of taking things that a lot of people from the left will use to just like I'm going to use this to dunk on the right real quick, and they will take the time to actually no no actually this is wrong. Like the very famous meme everyone's like to change my mind thing. That's a Stephen Crowder. Problem. his change my mind segments are amazing just to show that some people just don't have an argument or if they have an argument with it it's we just agree to disagree And there's a few people that that are angry about something but can they have he seems to
0: be kind of the the first to popularize within new right media Mm -hmm. the concept of just letting them talk correct let them yeah give them their own rope yeah right like that like libs of tiktok i mean she clearly has an ideological bent she's Mm -hmm. Out and about now, talking about what she believes. Yeah. A lot of it is actually very homophobic. But mm-hmm. like, why it but, never made sense that she got banned was that she was just posting their words. Correct. Yeah, of the people that she disagreed
1: with. Yeah, 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 Some of this stuff can be like homophobic, but she should never. There wasn't a post because yeah, it was just like I take this, I post, I take and I post. Now does yeah. she like choose what she posts? Heck yeah, but everybody does. And then the, if Dennis were here
0: or, or Reinhold, he would say, "But look at the comments you're feeding and." You're inciting people to be transphobic, and so uh, just to give the other argument against somebody like that. But he seemed to be kind of the progenitor of that. Let them talk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just let them talk, but you can't control your comments. You can try to police it the best you can, but you know, I think the – which a lot of people have escaped for some reason. Look, it seems like a lot of you people on the internet have forgotten this one simple rule when it comes to trolls. <laughs> don't feed the trolls don't jumping in your comment it. section and giving the troll attention just going to like oh cool i'm emboldened you read my comment here's another one here's this one's even more inflammatory it's exactly right like it, it,
0: it if you hate donald trump jr mm-hmm. this is a big thing i see on twitter amongst journalists now don't repost him yep. because you're gonna do what you did with trump mm-hmm where you're going to feed it. And that's always my argument. It's like the old FCC days of when I got in trouble for saying a douchebag, or no, a scumbag on the air. And the station manager came in and said, you can't say that. And I said, why not? And he said, you just can't say that because it's a condom. And I went, I didn't know that. And I said, so what are the rules? What can you say? And I don't know, because anybody can just be banned at any time for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... uh, Uh, I forget what my point was. Where was I? What were we talking about? (laughs) I got lost in my own. All right. uh,
1: Yeah. Going back to go, But like, so Crowder does this new right stuff, right? So he, um, But he does So like with it The the 2016 election Which is Sorry the 2020 election Which is the most safest Secure election of all time Um, It was an amazing Amazing secure election Now it was just So happens that He went through Some of the voting records And uh, in Las Vegas And went to the places And discovered that Some of these people Were voting from the middle Of the road Some of these addresses Are wrong Right Right. Oh he's going to Like no He's just showing That people have Filled out the wrong Address on a form He just showed the data That's it There's something fishy Going on but it goes to the main reason why, like, they need to, you know, like, it should be better policing on that. Heck, yeah. 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 We shouldn't have people putting down wrong addresses and allowing them to vote, you know, because they can get their address right. What else do they do not get right?
0: So back back to my point that I remembered. If you don't like it, so the community standards was the big th- thing back yeah. then, right? Yeah. right? Just don't listen to Bob and Tom if you don't want to deal with it. Don't Correct. listen to Howard Stern. That's my community. I want to engage mm-hmm. in those content. If you don't like it, just Turn the channel. Stop listening. Great.
1: But so many And if you don't
0: like Don Jr., if you don't like AOC, if you don't like these things, by amplifying them mm-hmm. with your hate and outrage, you're only making all of this stronger to the mm-hmm. point that Alex Jones now can is the spiritual center of the Republican Party. Yeah.
1: So, like, low-key wall, like, I f- refuse to hate-watch shows. We're not hate-watching shows. I'm not hate giving any more reviews. I've checked out a, s- a whole universe's whole shows because it's like, you know what? They they see us talking about it and watching it and they're like, oh, this is what people really want. Like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I completely checked out. I do not care. I'll come in and watch what I want and I'll leave. I'm fine with that. But right. a lot of people hate-watch Crowder. And they try to take things out of context. So, like the, the media ad, matters, yeah, yeah, model, the yeah, media matters, the or the ad apocalypse. So, like, uh, that's what's Crowder and the Crowder rule got created the unofficial Crowder rule in YouTube, where they can just kind of like have those vague community guidelines, and just take your YouTube channel. That's because of they kind of find a way to take Steven Crowder down and not you get on the eye of because he had a lawyer on retainer mm. you know one of the few people of like uh, youtubers who are big enough to can you know, afford to have just a lawyer to go like cool nice you gave me that community guys line strike. i took me off the air that's technically a contract violation go talk to my lawyer
0: mm. <laughs> okay so what is going on between him and uh yeah, daily, daily wire. wire so he he does he did his show at the blaze Correct. which is owned by Glenn Beck mm-hmm. and I think Mark Levin and some others after mm-hmm. they merged. He's been there forever, Great. and then he decided to leave. Was that because he wanted to
1: do what? I don't know. The, uh, uh, the, I haven't found any information that out publicly on why he decided or what's going on with the Blaze. I don't know if It some,
0: sounds like it was probably money based on the new information, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything could be, either. Uh,
1: yeah. Could be like something like the Blaze wanted him to do something else or, or something, but something happened there. Um let's see. The so he went to like so he started shopping, or he just wanted to shop around and see what else he's gonna get the end of his contract to place. I don't know. I'm not Steven Crowder on anyone on the show.
0: But where can he go? Exactly. O- other than the Daily Wire and the Blaze, who have the resources to support him, where and starting his own thing like Tim Pool. Yeah. He's not going on. Probably not on Fox. Did you Did you send him a cut? Did he fish for you?
1: Did I just want to do the uh, Wall Network? Yeah, try to get, you're,
0: you're, when you have no one else to turn to, fifty dollars over four years. So, um, <laughs> is that is that <laughs> is not that Reynolds' contract fifty dollars over
1: four years? Oh no,
0: that's I'm giving Crowder the the lucrative contract.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, hear that, Crowder? Come on this network. <laughs> no, um, I, I I I guess like where would you go? Like it's sort of like with Will your. So Tim Pool was talking about where do you go to? You're somebody that big that can pull on that because anywhere Crowder goes, he's got the Mug Club, the Mug Club, the Clubbers. Okay, all right, I'm Which on is the like, band what, his Patreon. Yeah, it's basically his own personal patron. He went in and did his himself, and then they called the Mug Club because he was in the beginning of the demonetization, shadow banning, and needed stuff, in the paywall stuff. It's just that's why I always kept warning, ringing the bell for you because he was the canary in the coal mine. I right. saw them going after him, so that's why I was always going to you, like, hey, make sure you got your email list locked down. Mm-hmm. So you watch Crowder did the exact same thing, trying to get an email list together. And that's why Spangle always tried to get you like put the email. Get you to put them on the email list because if anything happens or move somewhere, go to
0: chrissspangle.com, sign up for the email.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Spangle has been articulating this for a long time. And, and, and same thing with like the Mud Club. He uses that email list to try to communicate to the clubbers. But everywhere he goes, he got these people. They're, they're coming with him there because there's a difference between a Mud Club member and people who just sign up for the Blaze. Now, you get access to the Blaze if you sign up for the Mud Club, but you're completely different. Right. And so he's coming with a based in base. And you're talking about someone who got like servers crashed on the back end on election night because he had, what was it, like 300,000 people on Rumble watching a live stream on Rumble. Not YouTube, not Twitch. That's these two massive platforms. We're talking Rumble. Someone decided to type in and go, I want to go to Rumble and watch Steven Crowder. And you know, started crashing servers. You know, like on mm-hmm. the back end. You know, so like this is no like tiny little person in a, in a room. Granted, his, and it's a business. He employs, I think it's like 15, wow. 15 people on his staff. You know, full time doing this work. They do a lot of work. They. Do like basically like what is it four like twelve to fourteen hour days? They're constantly working. You can watch them like talk about like health issues because they're working so much on this. They are they put the work in. Um, I'm just yeah. trying to give everyone give credit. Like, hey, if you hear me any crap on Crowder's, like no full work. I respect this product. Um, do I disagree with him? Heck yeah! But he would disagree with me too. You know if we sat around. But there's a lot more you probably agree on too. Yeah. You know, because like, yeah, he's, he's, he grew up in Canada, but he's like more Midwestern than anything else. He's a pretty good guy. Nice mm-hmm. guy. Um, uh, let's see. He's a hateful bigot, Harry. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he did have a hateful bigot on the show that he had to kick off, but who uh, was that? Owen Benjamin?
0: Dude. Okay. I know, Owen, I knew Owen Benjamin because of where I work. He would come in and do the radio show. Uh, He was like a super nice guy. He was, like, kind of genial mm-hmm. and polite, very polite. And <laughs> n- I just saw a clip of him the other day that was, like, David Duke would blush. I was like, <laughs> what? He was saying, I think he said the N-word. It's Like, it's he went way, he took the mask way off, or he just has decided, like... I think there's something that happens with a lot of these folks where it's like, when you have decided to... No longer be a part of respect- like I have a a podcast consulting business mm-hmm. right yeah, and it is how my wife can be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. I have a day job at a respectable place <laughs> right so there's there's just there's never anything that I say here that like i don't i don't know I'm not a radical type person right.
1: Well, you are kind of radical, especially your counterculture. The the idea that you go to church on Sunday <laughs> right. and you have a and you got a We're wife have and you plan on to have kids, yeah. yeah, that's that's counterculture I, radical.
0: I am it, if like the trad dad memes. My life, Dakota said that one day. He goes, "If people knew what your wife looked like, how she dressed, what you guys do, and how you structure your life, people would be surprised at how traditional you are." I'm surprised at how <laughs> I'm an egalitarian that ended up in a complementarian marriage. I don't understand how, but. Here we are, yeah. um, and we're fortunate enough. But but like I don't have beliefs that would get me like like I just don't like the Daily Wire because they seem to have one single issue that I see, and mm-hmm. it's being mean to trans people for content. Correct. Yes. And and maybe I, I just don't consume it. But what I see of their stuff because I follow them on Instagram is trans stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't see any trans content on my feed except for the Daily Wire, yeah. which makes me wonder like what does the private browser of Matt Walsh really look like? Yeah, exactly. right. So <laughs> I, so I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Like I'm in the history of trans podcasting, I'm hmm. number three in terms of a person that post hosted a trans podcast with uh, Maya, which you can go back and listen to. I mean, I I wouldn't do that now. But at the time, I was like ten years ago. I was like, I don't understand this. I want to understand it, mm-hmm. and I believe in like open dialogue, and it answered a lot of questions for people. And I have mixed feelings on it now, and so does Maya. Um, but I, 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 I always say to people, I'm like, if you're gonna get into doing what I do, you have to think about like your marketability as like if you're going to do the documentary about vaccines mm-hmm. it's just go you're just you and you really feel you need to do it then you need to do it, but you need to accept the consequences of like you're not going to go get a job at probably fox fifty nine yeah right you know and yeah. and there's a lot of people who who have identified like but you don't need that you don't need the media, you don't need to be part of the establishment because you could make so much money appealing to the transgressive right, mm-hmm. the new right. That's the entire Mises. The whole point of the Mises caucus is to try and make that the political arm of this very online right-leaning culture. Mm-hmm. Let's go after the people that listen to Joe Rogan and Stephen Crowder and be their political home. Mm-hmm. But what they never have – but they can't understand – is how alienating that is to everybody that isn't very online. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's like a, a like when I was talking to Reinhold with like, because I got f- f- longer than that re- uh, that Reason interview with Heist like long longer than uh, Ryan when went. I got forty five minutes in, yeah, and I was just screaming at it because like they have no idea. It feels like they have never been to a small town and try to do anything with a town council before. Right. To me, it just seems like you have no idea. You've you have stayed online for so long. You know how hard it is, how hard they've made it to be in a small town and say, hey, I'm a libertarian. They just look at you like, oh, you want to vote. Right. You know, and they they don't point to people like Boss Hogg. No, people who know Boss Hogg love Libertarians, but they'll point to the Mises Caucus
0: <laughs> every time. Yeah, and so I just think it's like as a broadcaster, it's a slippery slope because once you, you know, Owen Benjamin just decided, I'm going to cater to this new group mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. But the problem is when you are trying to appeal to one, like what, what I want to do as a broadcaster mm-hmm and a political commentator is to appeal to as many people as possible to think about libertarian ideas. But when you decide I'm going to become a broadcaster for this specific ideology, Mm -hmm. you then, your incentive is to no longer try to take the Dobbs decision and my very pro-life beliefs and try to come to some agreement with, Kat and Sarah on that episode about like mm-hmm. their very pro-choice beliefs. Mm-hmm. Your incentive is now to call everyone a baby killer, and it, and it, and when you get into those viral loops, you end up like Owen Benjamin, where your your income because you you you're ever trying to spiral down to increase to because mm-hmm. the money dries up. Correct. Because the further you go to an extreme, the more people kind of go all right, I rode the bus this long, but I got to get off here. Mm -hmm. And then eventually your incentive is to just cater to the 10 people that are still your patrons because everybody hopped off, right? And he may believe all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying he's just a callous grifter, right? But the danger of kind of, and that's why over the last three years, I really said, you know what? We're libertarians and me personally, like Brian Nichols has very... Tim Pool new right beliefs. Mm-hmm. He's he's on the network, right? Yeah. Reinhold has very. I mean, I think he has a Fauci button next to his um, his Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg button. Probably. Um, probably. What 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 I didn't want us to do was to I just wanted to get through, yeah. <laughs> like and not and because <laughs> on the other side of this is is people are going to have to be able to have a conversation without I, I just never wanted us to pick a crowd and cater to just that crowd and I, I don't know that that has been the right strategy, um, but.
1: Here we are. That's why I was talking to people like last night on, on, on low key is like uh, the, when we talk about contracts and stuff like that is like Crowder Crowder has I feel Crowder has, also has a very ideologic view how he wants to run his company and I think you do too you have a very ideological way you structure the um, the we are libertarian network you can see it on our contracts when we sign up with you when we get <laughs> everything else done um, and it's not really to make money and I think when, he, when you butt up against a daily wire who's they're they i don't think they have an ideological idea other than they know this makes money this prints money counterculture prints money the culture went this way we're going this way to daily wire they're go, they're there to print money
0: i just look at it as a christian and go i can't make my content picking on other people i can't i can't do that and and i can't i i would love to do some of the content we did in 2016 17 because it was more popular yeah. But morally, it wasn't healthy for any of us. Like, I don't know. I just, I look at it and I go, at the end of the day, like, uh, I haven't had time the last two years to execute all this stuff the way that I wanted to. So, but I just look at the choices that a lot of people make and I go, I just have to see jesus in the next life and i don't want to have to answer for that because i needed 10 more patreon subscriptions yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i i just i pick people on this network who are not going to pick on each other mm-hmm. believe me there's a lot of tension behind the scenes always between all of these personalities <laughs> that you hear on this show uh and between the different hosts mm-hmm. but it's not on air it's private and mm-hmm. it's committed to being nice to each other and respectful of other people's differing opinions yep. so that comes out on the air like that's a that's my ideological method of doing this is just trying to to, to like mutual respect yep. so i don't know um but yeah so crowder um and i don't even but i feel like he was a horrifying jerk five years ago, but now he's like a moderate. All right. Uh, <laughs> am,
1: I, am I wrong about still, that? Like, well, the thing is, like, I don't even think he was just a jerk. I think he was just a guy with a stick poking things out, trying to figure yeah. out his thing, what is going on, and also realizing like the raw deal that everyone was giving, and then people were saying like, hey... We may be hitting you with the stick, but you can't complain about it. And if you've been online in these in YouTube and Twitch spaces, that's kind of how it was. If you had a right leaning bent or wasn't far radical mm-hmm. left, it was anytime you opened your mouth, it's like you got hit with a stick. And anytime you complained about it, like we're not hitting you with the stick, I don't know what you're talking about. So
0: is it? I I would argue that this is true. Like it is necessary for a Crowder, it is necessary mm-hmm. for um a, a Rogan or some of these people to just sort of build an, a co uh, uh t- t- like the the uh, Ru- the russian hockey player yes. i don't agree i'm i promise to stay neutral mm-hmm. but allow me to exist in this space and do my job without making me do something political because i don't agree with your agenda the the ability to be neutral has mm-hmm. gone away correct and you have to have people who are willing to put their careers on their line like this hockey player to go mm-hmm. i have different values i'm going to abstain
1: and I'm not going to be hateful about it. Mm It's, but you have to carve out that space. It's close to the level of Muhammad Ali not signing up for the draft, refusing. Yeah. I'm not doing the draft. Not, not as close. That, that was, you're risking jail time. But the idea was just something like that, because the same thing like the nineties is like, all right, it's Christmas. Everyone's got to put these crosses on. Here we go. We're going to put, you know, right. you know, like oh, we're going to celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. Okay. All right. Heathens. Okay. You know, it's epiphany now. So no work today. We don't do that, you know. So allowing someone like, you know what? I don't really believe in, you know, I have different beliefs with that. I have to go to church like, hey, I'm living, live, but I don't want to wear that. I can't wear that. I don't want to wear that.
0: You know, yeah. like, so And what? in these online spaces, if you don't agree with more of the left culture, yeah, you weren't allowed to exist, but you're saying the Crowder types have kind of what? Was that what GamerGate was about, or okay? So like, there's a lot of carving out in online spaces, like the ability to to be yourself.
1: GamerGate, uh, which laid the groundwork to like like is the groundwork to like fake news. GamerGate is basically it's a the the gaming. The gamers like gamers fight against the gaming journalists. The gaming journalist was fighting, uh, was bad mouthing and putting fake news against the um, the gamers in the space. So they'll try to, so there'll be some.
0: Let's let's let me ask you a different question about Crowder then. Where's the line between like that transgressive counterculturalism and trafficking and being bigoted?
1: All right, so how how
0: do you draw that line as a media consumer?
1: Does he get and some ideas like have, probably have cost a line to get bigger. Heck yeah. But he was just trying to find out where the rules are, stuff like that. So like some of like the, the. Uh, like the Planet Fitness trans bathroom thing. Like, a, all right, yeah. Yeah, he pushed the rules. It's kind of a little bit. Give like a that. little background. All right, so back in, was it 2017, I'm going to say? Like Planet Fitness uh, gotten in a dust-up of, uh, because they're just doing what they should have did, which perfectly fairly allowed a trans woman to use a women's the women's locker room. Perfect. I'm perfectly fine with that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and they had, and some people had an issue with it. People like Crowder had also had an issue with it. So he basically dressed up as a woman and tried, you know, went to Planet Fitness to work out, set off lunk alarms, make a huge stink about it, and, you know, and allegedly attempted to use the women's locker room. There's like a cut. He so says, we don't know. And the, But he did get kicked out of uh, and banned from Planet Fitness from doing that, mm. you know, just to dust up from it, you know, and got some backlash from it, you know. But Blair White still went on, um, went on uh, Crowder's channel and did an interview about different stuff like that so i also just put people if you do have like you, you like i did to trish like if you're having an issue with some of the trans stuff in the new space i recommend listen to blair white's podcast when she did a episode with buck angel uh, transpa great episode about like, transpa yes yeah, transpa. classic
0: howard stern character rode
1: the sibian yeah yeah uh, buck angel amazing video Like talk about what the heck is going on like in, in, in like a um in the transverse was because like they have the, there's a lot of uh, safekeeping that was there. That was put in place long ago that has all been stripped away and they go into it for better than hour. It's an amazing stuff. Like amazing. Uh, listen, what is safekeeping? Uh, safekeeping. All right. So <laughs> uh, some people call it gatekeeping. This was safekeeping. So it was back in the day, but was like ten years ago, like a trans person to get on HRT, you had to go through several different, which are steps or someone called hoops or barriers or entry to get HRT. Um, so you had to go through therapy, present full time as one well before they ever let you start taking it medically. So a lot of things you can do, you can easily back out of this, um, uh, this type of therapy. Mm-hmm. And you also have to continue on therapy because once everything starts happening, you you know like it's it's kind of hard to turn back around. It's a lot of the st- a lot of stuff in HRT is permanent. P- so, and the idea of even putting kids on it was even seen as dra- was radical then, it's and it's still radical. Still and radical now, be. yeah. It is. It to me, it's egregious. The idea, uh, me personally, is that people are allowing puberty blockers. they there. also the lie that it is reversible. It is not reversible. Puberty blockers are not reversible. Yeah. these are dangerous. Uh, drugs that you're giving to you pre-pubescent kits
0: i think and you had another friend a close person Mm -hmm. transition and we had maya here on the network Mm -hmm. like we learned a lot about all this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think people who just kind of go yeah if they're eight and they feel this certain way they should be allowed to do what they want and i don't think that's true at all like these are permanent decisions and some of those people that we knew 10 years ago regret a lot of the permanent decisions that they made.
1: A lot of permanent decisions that they've made and also there's a big difference just allowing a kid to put on a dress or put on like what wears like clothes, stereotypical boys clothes and just allowing them to just dress. You know, you know, estrogen and something like that does not make a, testosterone does not make a man. It's a lot of things that we do performatively and being socially acceptable like that way. So I think there's a lot of things that can happen before you take the final step of actually getting something addicted to to the medical ph- big pharma yeah you know and i, I, I mean
0: i'm range. not passing laws but i i just yeah. it's unconscionable to me that oh, you yeah. do anything before before the uh, before 18. Correct. All right. So back to the <laughs> back right. to yeah. Crowder. Um, so Crowder's
1: shopping around his contract to find out where he can go, it, which me, just like Tim Pool and you too, like if I had like a, the idea of like, why would I shop around and just create my own network empire? Uh, but Crowder went to go shop around because he, he's not used to that. He's always been like guarded from like going from Fox and then going to The Blaze. You know, he's always had someone else do his broadcasting. Stuff mm-hmm. like, it's just like a lot of the shows on the network, a lot of them have, when they have done their podcast, podcast they've never had to go and sign up for the uh the apple podcast ss uh, the, uh RSS yeah, if you come to the,
0: the we are libertarians podcast network mm-hmm. like if you're harry with loki wall or mm-hmm. you're brian with the brian Nichols show yeah all you have, all you do is upload i even upload harry's show but like brian edits his show and uploads his show but he doesn't have to apply it to apple he doesn't mm-hmm. have to do all that I'm the one that is managing ad sales. I'm the one that is, you know, when our sponsor was here today, I'm the one take. I'm doing the sale, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're working for like a Daily Wire, which full disclosure works with the same company that my day job works with, which is Westwood One. Westwood One is, uh, I believe they're still at Westwood One, but they, they um, or Cumulus Podcast Network is what it's called now. Um, and Westwood's the radio side. But the Cumulus Podcast Network sells the ads for Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro. They don't have their own sales team. Right. They're the ones that are they hire professional salespeople to, to, to package that in. Same with the Blaze. The Blaze has a sales team, and so Crowder doesn't have to worry about selling advertising right. on his show. They've got people that are going out and, you know, it used to be a it I'm not gonna say it used to be impossible for uh right-leaning podcasts to get ads because Ben Shapiro basically built podcast advertising mm-hmm. uh, and yes. built the market as yes. and through not just at yeah. cumulus but in general which is why it was so outrageous that he got banned from the floor of podcast movement and they apologized for it last year <laughs> because he is literally the reason that big brands started to look at podcasts and go oh there's an audience in the talk radio right but for the next generation yeah. for people our age who don't listen to talk radio mm-hmm. and rush limbaugh anymore but still consume that content. Yeah. And so Crowder is shopping networks for people to sell. You know, what his job is, it, it, he brings the crowd. Mm-hmm. What we do is bring the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then somebody like Jordan, who can't get advertisements on any platform, mm-hmm. says, I need a crowd. I got a product. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say, okay, well, airtime's this much. And you. And I'll throw in an appearance on the show, yeah. And uh, then, then that—that's how it works, basically. So,
1: and, for- yeah, because like a lot, like, like a lot of people was uh, like, so Tim Pool was talking about numbers, of like that. Not much, like they made through podcasting, podcasting ad ad revenue. so much better than YouTube and anywhere else. And yeah. a lot of people were like, wow, you know, you guys must be because like, well, well, it wasn't always this way. That no, was it built- started
0: the last two years. Yeah,
1: yeah, that wasn't like that. Yeah, YouTube was gold for like that. Then the adpocalypse happened, but it was still you got more better ass going. Google Adsense, anything else? You know, yeah, yeah. It's very recent. Those
0: ads that play at the beginning of every one of our shows, the pre-roll ads, pay for the hosting Mm -hmm. and can add a little bit more. But even a small network like ours, we're on the Spotify ad network, Mm -hmm. and those ads that you hear, I have no control over them. It's just somebody places it like a like a Google like a YouTube ad. Yeah, Um, that has. I mean, it's not significantly increased for us, but it has. Gone for, like, people would say, well, will sell ads. Mm-hmm. Well, where where am I going to sell ads at for a libertarian podcast network except right. for the occasional random person who wants to talk to libertarians yeah. reaching out? Well, now we have a whole new income stream mm-hmm. that has opened up because these brands don't care uh, and impression's an impression. Yeah. And so if you have an audience like Crowder, mm-hmm. you can make tens of millions of dollars just on transactional ads for a company mm-hmm. like The Daily Wire. So it's not like so he basically was negotiating with the Daily Wire and one of what like 50 million dollars over 4 years four or years. something. Mm-hmm. And and people are like, "Oh, that's a crazy amount of money." But if you knew like I know the amount of money that can flow through a company like the Daily Wire because of the size of somebody's audience like Crowder, mm-hmm. it's not really a crazy amount of money. It's mm-hmm. just a brand new amount of money in a brand new space. But like if you're a radio talk show host, that's not a crazy amount of money at all. Rush Limbaugh was bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. per contract.
1: Now, that's not saying the Daily World contract was good. Like, I'm saying, like, if Spank, even if Spank was offered that $50 million contract, I don't think you would take it either. Why? The, oh, the idea that, like, everything, you would have to, uh, do, what, what was it about that contract that he found objectionable? All right, so one thing that he did find objectionable to, which some people say like that's fair, but it' not, is that if the Daily Wire pay they own what you've made in perpetuity. Oh yeah, if no. they paid for that, but because they're like, well, we paid for you to set this thing up, we paid for all this. It's like, yeah, but no, if I leave here, I'm leaving with
0: okay. So there's there's different ways to do this, right? So if you pay the production costs, you own the content. Yeah. If I pay the production costs, I own the content. Mm-hmm. But the amount of responsibility that you have, if you are like, I'm the one that has to buy all the crap in this room. I'm the one that has to maintain it. And Mm -hmm. then when it breaks, I mean, I have a budget of a few thousand dollars a year for different services online Mm -hmm. and equipment. And it'd be great if somebody could just say, here's a check to run all that and we'll hire a graphic designer Mm -hmm. to come in and do your logos and we'll have this person, that person. So, you know, but... You don't own your content, and so when you leave, mm-hmm. you don't get to take those shows with you, and let me tell you, the the back catalog of this podcast, mm-hmm. the 700 podcasts that are out there, mm-hmm. that's a significant amount of ad revenue that gets driven because of those old pre yep. because people do go back and listen to our mm-hmm. old catalog. so... You know, it's y- it's a it's a huge asset that you'd be giving
1: up if just for the momentary yeah. trade off of money. Yeah, Ma- and it's massive. It's like, but they paid for the content. Yeah, the, I think there's more of the issue is perpetuity. I can see ten, yeah. ten like if they, it has to have a limit. They're like, well, ten years after I leave the network, you can have it. You know, or five years. Right. You know, the fir- the five years after leaving the network, you own my back catalog. But after those five years, the back catalog becomes mine again. It's the same way if um, like Taylor Swift or any artist, music artist. is like, all right, yeah, you were at our record label and you use all this but you don't own your she left
0: the record label and wasn't it she lost access to her Mm -hmm. to her back catalog had to re re yeah
1: remaster remaster
0: redo redo everything everything. re-record it so she could then use those records because she lost permission
1: yeah so and it was like that's purpose is like no, no no if you put it in music terms it makes more sense than like no i refuse to sign that crap yeah um it that's you know, well yeah, 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 yeah. Brian just mentioned the chat room. Yeah, Neil Young, yes, Neil Young. Yeah, not owning the crap like you have done in the place. So, like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you wouldn't assign that. You know, you would have been like, oh my god, look at all this money. But like, wait a minute. Oh my back catalog. No, the idea. I think, and the other idea of, and also the docking of the fees. Like, so, like every time, like, okay, you get demonetized from YouTube so like that. You came to the ad reads, right? You know, they docked about 25. percent You know, if they can't replace it in 90 days, but if, but Carter's constantly getting banned. Yeah. You know, it's the same way. Like if you know, like um, like right now, like you, you would have just got dinged twenty five percent of the income that you would have made from the, the uh, from, no, from
0: fr- So so part of the contract right was that if he got banned or demonetized from these services, mm-hmm. then they'd take a, a rep. But that is perfectly reasonable. Like we're we don't make any money. We make eleven cents a a month on YouTube revenue. Yeah, right? okay. <laughs> um, literally. So it's no revenue generator, but at the day job we make a good amount of revenue from YouTube.
1: I took the uh, Twitch money um last year and I bought us a mini fridge. N- nice. Mm-hmm. How much was it? It was 50 bucks.
0: <laughs> right. So <laughs> but if there's yeah, no, no, no. but if there's uh you know like if we lost monetization on the work account that'd be a significant hit to mm-hmm. our revenue. Yeah. And then if you're if you're crowder and you're bringing in let's say 20 million dollars a month on ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh All right, let's say let's say probably a more realistic figure um dollars to a million dollars in ad revenue, which is probably what crowder probably just for YouTube. Mhm. And it may be a lot more. Yeah. Um if I'm paying you because I'm taking in that money, mhm. I can't guarantee you more money because where am I going to take the money from, right? Yeah, like I've already signed contracts with all these other hosts, mm-hmm. and I've got employees that have essential functions. Like, mm-hmm. if you you if you say something and lose a revenue stream. That's on you, bro. Yeah,
1: and the well <laughs> because of the, that loss of revenue. So like that. I yeah, think the what are other, they, what, it's like, and well, that's why he started the mug club, the mug clubbers, right? So he's doing all that money through that member rate, like that. And I think the idea that, like, would well, a mug clubber get access to the daily all my content, and then since he's, it's also like it, it'd be the same thing if I was trying to go to low key, uh, low key, and come to the uh, to the wheelchair's network with low key, and I've got key members, right? I've got key members mm-hmm. who pay me five dollars a month. They're like, well, we'll just. Wrap it into the big like um, you know the wall Patreon. It's just like okay, but the key members are my members. Right. Do I share that five dollars with Brian? You know Nichols and the Nickelback yeah. bunch. I don't know if Nick, Brian Nichols calls his fans no, Nickelback. The, the he deal should. here,
0: the way that we've structured is, I keep the Patreon money. I pay all the bills, and then whatever's left, I get to keep because I put the most time into this. And then if you start a podcast, you start a Patreon, you keep all that
1: money. See how he, uh, see how he tra- treats us, makes us keep our money from our Patreon?
0: I don't I don't charge Harry to be on the network. Uh, there is a certain amount of money that it costs me to have a show on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, other networks charge, though. They say, listen, you, your show cost me, which is about what it costs me, is somewhere between $50 and $100 a month to have your show on the network. Yeah. And every show I add adds money. So that's so we say is he hit the four hour shifts. You're fucking killing me <laughs> on the bandwidth bill. But it's okay. Uh we're we're doing okay. But you um your our deal is like I'm not gonna mix money with friends. I get to keep this, I get to make a little bit of money yeah. off of the asset that I've built, but I want you to be incentivized to make money too. So like when Brian sells an ad or has A code for Thrive Market Mm -hmm. or has a Patreon. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all his. He's. Yeah. he's built the crowd, he should keep the money that comes with it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's reason when people try to give low-key money. I, I've either returned it to make them understand, like, hey, I need to make sure you fully understand you're giving me the money, not the network, not Spangle. It's going yeah. just to me. So when you're doing that like that, so most of the time when I do get money, I've been using it just for things I need to like either broadcast better. That's the only thing I've ever used the money for. Uh, I think I, I bought um, uh, Vince at that microphone, and you know, and he needs another headset. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you know, it's maybe like that's a, where where a lot of it and come, a humidifier, right?
0: That's basically what I use a lot of the Patreon money maybe, for,
1: maybe. right? Like, so, but, but it's but the other thing with the contract that was also bad that you wouldn't even sign either is the uh, the idea that they own his uh, social media presence.
0: Oh no, no, no way.
1: See, see, you would have just spread
0: line. No. No, you don't own my content, and you don't own my channels.
1: Yeah, they want. They want that. absolutely not. They got, they got that because
0: the the biggest asset that we are libertarians has mm-hmm. is the Chris Spangle Show
1: RSS feed. Oh, if you sign with the
0: and if you signed yeah. with Daily Wire, you lose your biggest That's asset. Theirs. That's theirs? Your next biggest asset is your social media presence, because yeah. if you will lock me out of my own accounts mm-hmm. and I have to start over. It's fine. No, that, that's, that's insane. It's fine. When you leave the Daily
1: Wire, you'll be famous,
0: right? No, allegedly. He's Hopefully. he's. I'm on Crowder's side now, yeah. Because he is he is doing them a favor by bringing new audience. Yeah. Not it's not the other way around. Like Crowder existed before the Daily Wire. Crowder yeah. the Daily Wire can exist partly because of David uh, David Crowder. That's David. the Christian musician <laughs> Stephen Crowder's building of the altar. You know, not the alt right, but the new rights. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, that's crazy to me. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a terrible contract. Like, that's like even b- Crowder, black musicians in the fifties contract. Yeah,
1: Crowder. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, basically, yes, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, a Crowder will be on Tim Pool's podcast at eight p.m. Uh, uh, on Monday. So he basically called
0: it a slave contract and called them out. And then Jeremy Boring, the CEO of the Daily Wire, did
1: what? Um, so, like, uh, well, like when he first did it, he just kind of called it the big con. There's big, like a big conservatives out there that are going out there. He didn't really name names, right? But, like, in the space, there's not many places he could have gone. So people assumed it's either he went up, uh, either this from the, he said it wasn't the blaze. So it's either Daily Wire. Fox News or Newsmax. Right. Right? And, uh, and then a lot of people go, like, wait a minute. You know, because they were looking at the contract, there's no way this is a Newsmax. Because people from Newsmax are like, that's not one of our contracts. There's no way they had that much money. Right, yeah. The Daily Wire like, has That's, way- a, that's a way- And so it probably was just like, this, everyone was just speculating, this is the Daily Wire. So Jeremy Boring got out in front, you know, and unfortunately, like, also released payment numbers too, you know, like, yep, this is our contract, this is our standard contract, and um, it was Basically, gone trying to go on air and basically painted themselves in a great light. This is well, this is basically our initial contract. He's supposed to take his lawyer to go red line just go through negotiations. But yeah, and Crowder has lawyers; he can do that. He's probably has done that. We don't know proof. He, we don't know, but either. But we also know in the initial contracting phase that he's looked at that and tossed it back at him. It's like, I don't know what that is. Give me a real offer. I don't want your boilerplate crap. And there's like, no, we always do this. It's standard boilerplate to them because Daily Wire is a. Miss- Machine that prints money. It is. They are. Where do they get their money from? So the. Daily Wire is not some tiny little, uh, Chris Bangle ex person sitting in a, in, in, their house trying to build a network. This is Jeremy Boring and the Daily Wire Venture, They got a, a billionaire backing with fracking money. They've got money. That's how that, that's why everything looks nice. Everything's popping. They've got, they also got connections with it because if you've got a billionaire backing you, you've also have networking abilities. Billionaires talk to other billionaires, just like, you know, A rest of you guys talk to each other because you're around the same economic issues. So you talk.
0: You, you have to to you have to have a sugar daddy if you're building something like this
1: right and you actually talk to other sugar daddies. so like like how does like daily wire keys be able to, to put ads on facebook because they talk to other billionaires who do stuff on facebook so they help you get you past get your foot in the door you know yeah the
0: difference so in in media for instance like when national review was started uh william f buckley started a non-profit Made it tax deductible. Found a bunch of rich people to donate money, and that's how he started it. Mm-hmm. And they always lost money if if it hadn't been for the foundation. Like Reason has a foundation, yeah, because it's the same thing. You you cannot survive on advertising alone, nope. and so your your all your options are start a media company, mm-hmm. and it becomes a one man band based on advertising, like Leo Laporte and Twitch Twit this week in tech. That survives on advertising, Mm -hmm. which is now struggling because he doesn't do the tracking data, which all advertisers now want in podcasting. And now he has to do memberships and he has to get listener support, which he never had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But he never scaled into being a CNET because then, you know, Barstool is a different example. So like Barstool scaled, Mm -hmm. bootstrapped itself one at a time, Mm -hmm. did it with... You know, the front-facing camera got some advertisers, got some few content creators, and then sold their product to Sugar Daddy's, Yep. which now are owned by Head Fund, Hedge Funds, which is a double-edged sword because look at the indie Star. There's like five people that work there. The content sucks. Nobody reads the newspaper because they don't have enough staff because the hedge fund's trying to bleed it dry for to, to return to shareholders. Correct, yeah. But when you're on the upswing and your bar stool and you're culturally relevant and you're hot, it's... Gangbusters, and so they'll give you whatever they want. But then, as soon as it, the flip, the script flips, mm-hmm. and you're no longer hot, mm-hmm. and your luster barstool in ten years, mm-hmm. twenty years, maybe, will be they'll just be liquidating, trying to
1: squeeze yeah. money out of it. selling off, selling out right. like access that they have. It's just so how
0: it's, it works, yeah. and so Daily Wire is hot, and so that's why you see the content choices that they make is it sounds like they've got somebody that they've got to pay. They they can't choose the ideological. They got to pay salary yeah. and they got to pay investors.
1: Correct. And they're also the one of the bigger thing is the players of and in, in in the liberty esque space. I don't right. Republican. Right. Yeah, Republican. The, the, they're not liberty. You're right. You You're right? liberty? Yeah, they're the Republican space. Like so, like Tim Poole right? Like he he bootstrapped that all. he said to you know his department. Yeah. He, that's all his cash coming into him. He's paying that. He does he he does not want to be holding for like Tim Pool did a lot of good things about numbers. Him and Luke. Like I always thought he, like Tim Pool was paying Luke to be there. Luke would ask. If we are change. Uh, it was on Tim Pool all the time, and he's like, No, Luke stays independent, doesn't take any of Tim's money. But t- Luke can leave when he comes when he wants, leave when he wants, right. run his own t shirt company, do all this other stuff, and he owns all that, but still gets to go to Tim Pool's show and yeah. be there all the time as a co host. You know, it's the same thing, it's basically the same thing. Basically, I've got the almost the exact same contract as Luke does, so I can do what I want with my show. That's uh, on purpose, too.
0: Like, we're friends, this mm. is a friend, like. Yeah. We're never going to – I'm not going to say never, but we're not going to scale this into a daily wire where we have probably angel investors. Yeah. It's a personal lifestyle business mm-hmm. where you get to choose what you want to do because it's fun, right? Correct. I, but yeah. I don't know. We, you never know what the future holds, but like yeah. the reality is like for me, the fundamental relationship that I have with this show and this network has changed because part of my revenue depends on it and there are points like last year where i was like i've got to talk to i talked to patrons last january to decide if i wanted to even keep doing this and the answer was yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i got through last year i had a lot of challenges we had a lot of challenges we got through 21 and 22 and now we can kind of get back to the content that we created even though we're a little little damaged from the breaks but like i have an i have a financial incentive to produce content and so it's a second job for me where it isn't for you. You get to hang out and have fun. Correct. Yeah. But I've got to have content. So you can say, I've got to do yoga on Saturday. So I can't, have a sh- I can't do a show. And then I've got to go, well, I've got to have something in the feed to, to make sure these advertisers get their numbers. So I can get the checks that I need to, to pay these bills. So. Yeah. I-,
1: I wish I sometimes could see your face when I do like – can't do this Saturday gotta do yoga you just like
0: I I don't (laughs) mind no because I know it's because this twice a month is perfect we come here we burn a whole day half a day Mm -hmm. so I don't want to do that every week you know but if you know (laughs) like the one I'm working on for next week I'm working on chunks days at a time
1: well, we'll you know. probably end up doing it every week. Once you know, I, I see twenty twenty five. You know, if everything goes yeah. perfect, because right now everyone is seeing it. Like I've been, we, we've talked about this for a long time. And twenty twenty three is being the year of the culling of the the fake businesses, the Kotaku, the mm-hmm. people have been been with hedge funds and fake ad yeah. revenue as ad sales are dropping around everywhere. Everyone, you know, it's no like joke to anyone. Like it's it, a culling is happening, and it is and it, it's shuttering a lot of like game journals and every everywhere, everywhere else a lot of layoffs. Like everyone watched Elon Musk lay off all those people at Twitter and watch the machine keep going and they're going like, "You know what? Same. I'm going to do the exact same yeah. thing."
0: Yeah. I mean, kudos to him. I was wrong. He he fired all those people and those people didn't do dick apparently.
1: No, yeah, they didn't do anything. <laughs> they don't do anything. Because it's just a micro bug You so what you need a few infrastructure engineers and some engineers to work on code. Yeah. What else should you do? And then an IT support staff. That's what needs to get that thing up and going. Everything else is just fluff fluff. Yeah. You don't need like five, 15 like you don't need a 20 person HR HR department. You can outsource a lot of that stuff. So what does Tim Poole said about it? What like what the 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 um the upcoming like ad apocalypse not, or the the Daily Wire thing? Uh,
0: so Start what, with yeah. start with Daily Wire and then talk about the apocalypse.
1: Oh, uh, so like he had you know by twist of fate, had Candace Owens on Friday. On uh, was it Thursday, right? Which I despise Candace Owens. Didn't watch the show. I'm sorry. I, I despise Candace Owens. Yeah. I can't. I can't stand her. I can't stand. Her. I can't, stand her. I can't stand her. I can't stand her. I just can't stand her. So I haven't watched that episode. I've seen some clips, but I. But every time she talks, it's just ah. Uh, <laughs> can't stand her. Um, but but they're going over it, um, and it's. Because right now, like, everyone's in the space because everyone's also upset because um, the idea that, like, up in arms that uh, Crowder recorded the session uh, between him and Jeremy Boring. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe recorded I was like, uh, listen here. Uh, I would
0: record it, but I wouldn't release
1: it. I, yeah, I would. Re- I don't know. If, I don't know. Unless I had something damning, damning that need to be out there. Yeah, I wouldn't release it either. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with him recording. Like, trust me, like, I work in an industry we record everything every every contract negotiation everything every time i've ever had a contract negotiation i have recorded it i in with big contracts that the company have we burn it to blu-ray disc and it's just in a safe okay we have this audio of this contract that we just signed with you all right we everything is stored we've got this right Um, but the idea of releasing it yes it wasn't a break of trust of friendship like that for two friends but was they ever friends or just business partners? You know. Yeah, potential business. They may not
0: may, may know each other in
1: passing. Yeah, yeah. And he probably also knew. Like he probably also understood that once I release his video, I'm burning this bridge. But he also probably under realized like the bridge is probably already burned. He's yeah. not going to be able to work with him. And like I said, like when it comes to everything, the the mug clubbers are are clubbers are they are a. Group. They are strong. They will sit together. He can get people to go into physical spaces, sell out crowds in BFE towns. So he's he can get people to transfer from the online space to in real life. So I'm sure he's he he's got what he needs i think the one thing that crowder needs is it people hit me up crowd if you need somebody yeah you could do a lot of this stuff on your own you just got, got to decide how rich you want to be right well that's the things that we're, like with Spangle and and stuff we're doing like here is like I'm, uh, I'm building some of the infrastructure like what we do with low key is just building doing r&d and building infrastructure mm-hmm. just, just to show like hey if these different systems don't want to play ball like We can go to our own like I would I can't wait to like like the big wall show right is like we have this stuff we play with the community guidelines and you know like cool if you want to continue more, you know, go to the actual website and then we're just going to like we're going to let loose so we can actually have people on to show really neat things and not worry about getting kicked off the Internet. Yeah, you you know, it's. And that's what he's used to doing with Mug Club because, like, okay, piss off YouTube and then go over to Mug Club, and it's it's an amazing thing. And it, it tar- if you if you have reached
0: leave. if you have reached pool or Crowder's levels, mm-hmm. you you have a choice to make. Yeah, you can do what Pool does: have a nice house, have a nice car, mm-hmm. take vacations probably when you want. Yeah, s- save a ton of money in your four hundred one k, have a really good ten years, mm-hmm. and never really have to work again. And you'll always ha- he will always have an audience. Yes. He has reached critical mass. Mm-hmm. He never has to worry about having people pay his bills. Now, is he probably buying two houses and villas in France? No. no. But Crowder sounds like he wants the villa in France and the Rush Limbaugh money where he is buying half of the Buffalo Bills, and right? like
1: I don't think that's what Crowder wants to do. I don't. I think The Daily Wire is going for that direction. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, I honestly, I, I really do believe that Crowder wants to, like, to, you know, like, he's either, it's a grift, but it does feel like he's in it to to culturally change America to go more right than anything else. I but think the that's thing what he wants that, to do. The
0: thing you have to realize is, like, a view is a view is a view. Mm-hmm. Okay? And y- if you can get... Um, you can spend six months mm-hmm. working on a really cool video mm-hmm. and you can spend $5,000 on a videographer to make that cool video happen. But in the world we're in now, you can get those same 10,000 views from talking into a microphone with a nice lighted background. Yes. Right? So if if you are talented like mm-hmm. Crowder is talented yes what do you really need right like so I I don't know I guess that's where I look right. at it and I go do, do you know 50 I'm not I'm not bagging on the guy for money like if I could get 50 million dollars from a contract I would if I, I I wouldn't give up what he was asked to give up it just wouldn't happen like I wouldn't be owned outright by a a different network. He's not a nobody who needs the Daily Wire for institutional lift. Like, I applied at some point over the last couple years, three years, to other media outlets. Mm -hmm. And I got kind of a quasi-offer from one of them.
1: I never know you did that.
0: Yeah. And I decided not to do it because it was going to cost me this. Mm. And I make a good living... Doing this, doing consulting, and doing my full time job, but the institutional lift of having gone and worked at one of those places or all, t- both of those places, um, I would have been like not just a n- just a dude with a podcast out in the Midwest. You're now a blue check mark because you're attached to this institution, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the different like. So your marketability as a content creator, because of your association with, you know, if you're a young writer, right, one of these Young Voices folks, you want to get published in the Wall Street Journal, in the uh, National Review, Reason Magazine, because you're using their institutional lift to build your own chops, right? It's like conservatives say, the New York Times said... Well, no, it was that journalist that wrote that thing that said that, right? Um, so, you know, part of my career has been, do I go work for an institution and give up the independence to get the name attached to my name so other people will find me more marketable? Or do I keep kind of chugging along over time and build my own audience? You know, um I've lost a step over the last couple of years to be frank uh, just because I've got a family now mm-hmm. and so that makes it more likely that at some point I have to go work for somebody else to kind of keep the money rolling in but for now I don't have to Bob and Tom lets me do what I want i I do a good job for them it leaves me time to go do my podcast it helps me start other podcasts for other people like I've got a good I've got a good setup here right so yeah. You know, but if you're if
1: you're Crowder, you are the institution. Mm-hmm. You don't need the Daily Wire. He doesn't. No, he does not. Need, and I think he just it takes him a while. To, I think he's probably just realized that after that, or someone's probably sat him to the side, like, hey, you don't need these things. It's just like you, like you're almost at that point where, like, you know, like you, you know, like if someone did offer the contract, you had to do that. It's like you know what. Guys come in here, we need to, you know, we need to get an ad revenue. Someone need to manage the ad company because we need somebody to go out and get us ads. We need, right. uh, uh, like, uh, like, Harry and Reinhold go out and get our IT space set up. We're going to do those this. Uh, we're not doing this, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm not going this way. You know? I
0: mean, that's part of, like, Nichols is really pushing me to have that conversation. Like, where are we going to take this? Um, But it requires me to do more logistical work behind the scenes and <laughs> business manager stuff. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the content creation, which is what I really enjoy. Like, my bliss is what I did last night, which was researching and reading and writing a script. Like, And I lost track of time. I lost track of what was going on in my house. I was focused in on writing this episode for next week, this history research. Like, that's my fun. But you have a choice. Like, you can do that, or you can do... Working with the sponsor to make sure that and, the copyrights are point and mm-hmm. make sure that you're paid and that he's paid, yeah. right? So, and, like the the challenge if you're a small creator is like the balance between business stuff
1: and the content creation that you love. Yeah. And I really do feel now that we've got the studio, I know we're talking like the numbers stuff in front of people, mm-hmm. but the, I think now that you've got the studio and this ad apoc is going to go through, and get rid of the fake stuff. Yeah. Right. And then next year, 2024, getting close to the election season, the real, like the people are going to check through actually have a real crowd. We're yeah. bringing real people in and I feel like we could probably get a little bit more here and that'll be, allow you to think about do, putting more into this. Yeah and the idea of hiring that business manager so you don't work for that business manager,
0: that business manager works for you. I'll be mostly debt-free by the end of the year. Yeah. And that will be a huge blessing and mm -hmm. a lot of work. And that means that that frees cash up to put it into other stuff. (laughs) But you know what? When it comes to the adpocalypse, so basically what's happening now is all of these, there's been a rush to content for the last five or six years, especially post-pandemic. Yeah. And And streaming services. Right. So so like in the podcasting world, you see like all of these people who you're like, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing a podcast because all of these major investors and Mm -hmm. hedge funds are putting money into buying people who can gather a crowd quickly. It's Mm -hmm. the same as the movie industry, Mm -hmm. right? Like so the movie industry is showing you Top Gun 48 because they know that you're not going to go see – Harry and the Devil Dance in the Moonlight, right? Because you don't know what that's about, but you know Top Gun's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all these actors, like Ben Affleck is starting his own studio, I think, with Matt Damon, to, like, make movies. So you're just making movies for the love of making movies, and we don't care about making that much money as long as everybody gets paid and we have enough to keep the business going and Mm -hmm. make the next movie cool, but we're not trying to make Marvel's Avengers 87. Um, You know, and so... Because we are libertarians, and I've been very intentional about this, um, we've never lived off of ads. Mm-hmm. Ads are really nice when we get them. They can help fund you know, other things, and they can be a nice payout for our hosts. But we have never depended on the ads. We have always depended on the audience that we bring. The audience that we bring has shrunk a little bit over the last year, and that is my fault. Um, but it's still enough. We still have enough patrons to make sure that everything's paid. And we're now getting the content to a point where we know how to create a crowd. We know how to bring people Hmm. to this podcast and stay interested in it. You know, adjustments have been made and Hmm. now we, we can get back to where we were in 2017, 2018, right? Yeah. Um, Our biggest number ever, our biggest numbers ever were 2020, and we'll get back there in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing that's happened, so yeah. what's happened in the podcast industry is you you have a, the majority of people are like us, workhorse podcasters that do it for the love of the craft. And uh, you see like 4 million podcasts, 2 million podcasts, 75% of those are not producing episodes, and not non-existent, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a smaller number like us who are kind of the workhorses, and then there's like the elite of about probably 600, 700 podcasts. It's less than 1,000 podcasts that get all the headlines, yep. that get all the attention, the Joe Rogans, the How I Met Your Mother Bear House guys, yeah, what, right. right? Like, There's less than 1,000 of those. And I'm on two of them, by the way. with uh, Well, I'm, I manage one of them, and I'm on another uh, we are in the top like fifteen hundred for this for the Chris Spangle show, which is still an, a, a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, so, but what what's happened over the last two years is, as investors, the major ad companies, the major ad agencies said, "Okay, the Daily Wire can make money, then we can make money with these radio companies that are moving in, like iHeart and Cumulus mm-hmm. and." Um, podcast companies that have grown, like Amazon's now starting a podcast company. People are now creating content. So, like the, like a lot of like the mid tier to lower upper middle money investors mm-hmm. kind of said, well, if movies aren't being made, we can for a fraction of the cost make a podcast with the same qual- with the same writers, the same actors, mm-hmm. but scripted and make. The same amount of money that we would with a major release, but have way less overhead, mm-hmm. way less you know so that's why all this money's kind of moved in to build all this new technology that's why we went from never being able to get any of our revenue from ads to now ads paying a significant amount of uh, our costs and like frankly, last month, I was able to pay off a credit card because we had a nut we had three advertisers. Right? So, which is- the guy that was on today paid our Internet bill. I'm mm-hmm. going to give Harry cash uh, for the next three months of Internet because he was here. So you know, because we have gathered a crowd and we have an audience, and you know we ran a test, and these, these people came to me, this major advertising company mm-hmm. um, that advertises all over the place, and they ordered one episode. Of three of our shows. And I said to them, I will do this and I will take your some hundred uh, dollars or whatever, but you're asking for one episode. I don't know what that's going to do. Advertising requires repetition. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this audience did so well with that tiny, tiny order Mm -hmm. that we secured a longer, bigger run this fall when that big ad agency wants to do it. So a mid-tier podcast. So I was told two years ago, oh, you've only got these tens of thousands of downloads for your network. There's no ad agency that's going to look at you. Hmm. And uh, we, you have to be in the hundreds of thousands a month. Well, now, mm-hmm. it's it's like they're they're going, well, if we get 35 of these mm-hmm. that are in the right demo we want then you're in the hundreds of thousands right so they these ad companies have hired a bunch of staff so there's all kinds of revenue coming into podcasting mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of companies that like people have pumped investor money into to try and be the first the Facebook of podcasting yeah and they're all about to collapse
1: correct yes
0: so you know like there's a company here called casted and I'm not casting aspersions on them. Uh, the, there's a company called High Alpha that invests mm-hmm. in homegrown companies. They've put a lot of money into this podcast host, mm-hmm. and it's going to be sink or swim time for them. Are you offering a different enough product at a cheap enough price that enough people, when they go, you know what? I had this podcast, I, I did it for a year and a half, I've got 35 episodes, I've been paying this bill for 60 bucks a month to keep this out there. Mm-hmm ah money's tight i got to cancel it right. and when all those cancellations tumble in this year as we go through a recession mm-hmm. you're going to see podcast company after podcast company kind of dry up because we've right. ended the merger so what happened over the last 2 years was mergers and acquisitions mm-hmm. Everybody started a company in 2017 and 2018 for podcasting, mm-hmm. starting a host or a transcription service or a headliner that creates, you know, some little gadget that you spend five bucks a month. And then their, their goal was not to make profit. Their goal was to get bought out by other major companies or Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Same with different shows, big shows. Like, you know, I don't know who listens to Alexandra Cooper on Spotify, but she got a major contract. And so now, these big companies are going. Hey, we got to lay off thirty thousand people. Lay off the podcast division. They only bring in one thirty second of the of the stupid thing, yeah. of the of the total budget. So let's just kill that division off. Um, and so you're going to have all these companies that got bought out start shutting down. Companies that are in the early stages of starting shut down. You're going to have. So you're just going to, it's like basically social media 2008, nine. Yeah, nine. And you're going to end up with, in about four years, three years, five or six companies that control podcasting. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Spotify. It's going to be Amazon. It's going to be Libsyn, Mm -hmm. which I I think is owned by a major conglomerate. It's going to be, you know... That's why I'm on Megaphone. That product's not going anywhere. Yes, I go, yes. (laughs) Right? But like we were on Fireside, which I loved, but Fireside's not, I mean, they're they're not evolving, right? They're not stable, right? So, um, you know, but the the danger of that is those five companies now control distribution and advertising and start implementing brand safety and start controlling what content you get. And so Mm -hmm. podcasting is like, 10 15 years behind where the social media craze was, and we will get to the point where when we're in the middle of doing a freaking gun episode, yeah, you'll just see your podcast episode disappear. It's happened to people like Pete Quinones, mm-hmm. where their episodes just are gone off of Spotify, yeah. But that's why Adam Curry, who, who invented podcasting, has started the podcast index and podcasting 2.0 to like build an infrastructure that in like creates an insurance against that
1: correct yeah, yeah like rss feeding and doing like that from the site that's why like putting in the email list because you get the rss feed pure from that and pre- yeah. from that or just as a effect, like i think the all right before like just in case anyone decides to like because it's going to probably happen this year or sometime like that someone's going to go like a blockchain based podcast distribution don't do that we actually have a great technology if you want a decentralized way to share podcasts or videos around it's you know it's you know it's very complicated. It's not. It's a uh, what is it called? Uh, I just lost it. I'm having a brain fart right now. I know. Well, st- it,
0: uh, yeah. Stay, uh, stay tuned because the reality of this is that three years ago, four years ago, there was no way that I could consider doing this full time. But now we're at the point where, as long as you live a, a, a life that is not – can I afford to get you to go full-time? We'll see. That may take 10 years, but yeah, it all depends on how many people join the Patreon and what kind of uh, show we can build and how, how many funding mechanisms. It really just comes down to the crowd supporting us. Yeah. Like, if you love content creators, if you listened this far two hours into this stupid podcast, yeah, you're one of those people pitching five bucks. Yeah. It, it's not a lot to you, but it, it cumulatively, cumulatively means a lot to us, so...
1: It'd be like a month of lawyers going back and forth for temperature in the office for me to go full time. I will know that. Well
0: look, when you when you do shows and Mm -hmm. you get more downloads, that means I get more revenue and you get more revenue,
1: right? So like it's low key. Key, key, key holders yeah. of low-key, he actually likes us. It's, he, he doesn't really hate no, us.
0: No, I hear all the trash that you talk. That's my <laughs> coffee maker, by the way. That's not your <laughs> coffee maker. Um, but you know, that's really what it comes down to. It's like the more, like, even if you're not listening to this show anymore, just keep it on there and keep the downloads going. Basically, what has happened in the last year mm-hmm. is every single podcast, except for Freaks, s- top-tier Freaks, have seen a 25% shedding of all of their download numbers. Every podcast I manage, mm-hmm. down 25%, 10 to 25%. Mm-hmm. Um, big ones, little ones. It's just because the major company now that now controls how podcast downloads are calculated mm-hmm. changed one thing. And so everybody within about a month lost mm-hmm. like 20%. So, like, I go back and look at episode numbers from like two years ago and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh okay i have to remember the the centralization companies have have changed a couple things because those the the people like like what what's disturbed me is the amount of people that have dropped their patreon over the last couple months but we're going into recession Mm -hmm. i get it if you have to do that but if you're listening out there bump up your level join yeah. you know help help us kind of keep growing and keep mm-hmm. going because that patreon is the number one way that i judge like are people talking back to us are people interested in what we're doing are people you know going to support us can how much time do i invest in this is based on patreon
1: yeah
0: how, what the quality of the shows all that kind of stuff so so yeah um and thanks to mike Riley for joining this month we
1: really appreciate it so
0: all right final thoughts
1: final thoughts uh you going out there uh, wouldn't just like a spangle like a, I, I tried to explain it to him one um, night like and he would be annoyed at me but he does you know it's one of the things like I'm very proud of uh, annoying him enough that he's kindly adjusted the hard road into something is probably the best road when starting something um, it's not perfect but perfect is the enemy of completion of getting done the idea of just because this is the hard way to do something it's going to teach us something. So when you, when you go to something easy or simple, that doesn't just not robbed from you. So a lot of people who did go into a lot of these podcast platforms are used to the easy button. I hit upload and everything else is done and stuff like that. Or if you went to a network, you're not used to it. You never have to do it. it it's, it robs you of that knowledge of having to sign that up. So I, you are controlling. By
0: it's that. exactly right. The difference between me and most other podcasters is that I did all this on myself, mm-hmm. uh, all myself. So now people are paying me hundreds of dollars an hour to do it for them. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that I talk to are like, not not just my day job, but like, yeah. I mean, like people that you you have heard of are like, all right, I need this skill. Yeah. And so if you learn Adobe, anything mm-hmm. in Adobe, mm-hmm. just start doing it as a hobby. Yeah. Or even Canva, creating graphics. Oh, yeah. Canva
1: is huge. Yeah. Start a
0: podcast just to get good at talking and researching mm-hmm. and studying like, yeah, that marketable skill can can really Dude, work out well for
1: you. Like Excel, if you're an Excel expert, like you could put that in your resume. Like I'm just an ex- uh, expert at Excel formulas. Most companies will probably hire you just to have you on retainer. Or <laughs> here's like this is our Excel expert right here. Go ahead and do the do your VB magic, you know, because it's you know a lot of companies just work in those spreadsheets. But yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm sure, and it's just going to get. I, I don't I don't say worse, but it's, it's going to be like that. Like Spingl is eventually going to you know mostly just do podcast like consulting because more and more people are just like what do you mean i can't just sign up and just hit this button or i don't want to sign up because now this platform is wanting everything of my product i I know how to edit
0: podcasts yeah and so people who don't want to mess with editing and uploading podcasts Mm -hmm. you get one for like a couple hundred bucks a month or three hundred four five six hundred dollars a month right yeah but you get ten of those people you Mm -hmm. you've got either a great livable income for yourself or enough that feeds your family, right? So like you are st- uh, like, I help people start podcasts. I consult people on, on their existing podcasts, do audit. So if you've got a podcast, you pay me to kind of like go through and then I give you a list of here's what you need to do differently to grow. Mm-hmm. And then I edit podcasts and I love, ed- I love editing podcasts because a, I learn from other people's shows, but it creates this great recurring revenue mm-hmm that you can make and if you've got like five or seven of those people Mm -hmm. you're doing great and so the next thing is creating a course yeah so i'm working on a course so this year i'm going to have like all right you can't afford to hire me for time to create your podcast or do the work for you like here's how i do it like over at podcasting and uh platforms Mm -hmm. you go to the website you can sign up like i'm doing i'm talking about how i'm creating all this stuff what i'm doing Mm -hmm if you enjoyed this and you're still listening to this, like that's what that monetized paywall show is, Mm -hmm. or you can join 25 and up for, for the wall Patreon to get those weekly episodes where I'm just going to start talking about my podcasting career and see what ideas it sparks for you. But Harry's exactly right. Like starting a podcast as a hobby Mm -hmm. for fun with my friends led to a great revenue stream for me and a career at, Mm -hmm. But I've dreamed about working with Bob and Tom since I was eight years old, yeah. and podcasting and building my own website gave me the skills to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And now, over time, I have independence. Hmm? So you know, insurance would be uh, it'd be a problem with insurance if I left my day job. But like, I could, I could, if I got laid oh, off there tomorrow, I could survive. Like, no, the, I'd
1: be, we'd be okay. Some of the. Um it's going to get to like the weeds of small businesses. Some of the small businesses' accounting information that you have, they have uh, small business health insurance pools for people for small single person companies. Mm-hmm. So you probably will spend the same amount and get the exact same type of insurance because they pool you with all the single um, employee companies. But you have, but all your aid, all your information goes to like this one company though. But you know, you get your insurance. I, I, I can show you stuff after this, this day. But like the other thing, like with Loki, like. I always wanted the information on, like, how do like like, because Twitch made it so easy to, and, uh, and YouTube too, made it so easy to stream. What if I just wanted to do it on my own? So that's what low-key did. We spent up a server, figure out how hard it was, how difficult it was, what do we need to do that? And then, like, okay, what if we wanted to build the Netflix or something like that, put things in a paywall? Yeah, we could figure out how to do that. Yeah, we done. We've, we've got it. We've got it sitting here in the back burner. You know, have we, you know, but we just wanted to know how to do it because. If we ever do it, it's going to be – we'll probably do something with the easy button, but we're going to make sure that we're not beholden to whoever we went with easy button to go like, ha, what are you going to do? Leave? Boop. Yes, That's we own the domain. We all we that I've ever wanted for
0: us and for myself
1: yep. is just freedom.
0: Yep. is just I have a great place that I work. I get a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. They're awesome to work for but they also control my schedule and I have to wake up at five fifty every day. So, so it's like all I've, all I've been working towards for the last decade has been freedom and it's totally possible. And in, in the internet age where there's the ability to kind of get into this stuff and, and start working at it, you, you eventually get good enough that people will listen to you and pay you. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for joining us here. Please support our advertisers. Please, uh, support us on patreon we really do appreciate it and uh you know we're i, I hope harry one day can have a 50 million dollar contract with the network and uh, do it for harry even if you don't like me everybody likes harry so all right thanks so much we appreciate it my voice is officially done can you hear how weak my voice has gotten yeah yeah, yeah so we need to go this podcast was produced and edited by chris spangle and leaders and legends llc if you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.